Sirius 197, XM202, The Virus. The Ron and Fez Show starts right now. Yeah, that's the funny thing about it. I mean, he's just taken a vacation, and everybody thinks he left the show. So, it's perfect. Hey, it's the Ron and Fez Show. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. That's a telephone number. That we have, um, and I'm going to assume that you have some kind of phone with you. And what you do is you say to yourself, well, that show's broadcasting way up in the air in New York City. No way I'll ever talk to those guys. No. We have a phone number, so it's perfect. You take your phone, uh, cell phone. You know what? If you're old school, landline it. And then you hit uh, one. 866, and then this is strange, three numbers, Ron, zero Fez. So I don't, I don't know if there's corresponding numbers to all those letters. There may be. Uh, but you work it out somehow on your own. But anyway, you hit all that, and then you talk to us uh, on the phone, and you find yourself a happy customer, much like this gentleman over here, Jay, in St. Louis. I'll show you how it works. Jay, you're on the, on the phone. How you doing? I want to say uh, thank you, Ronnie, for the recommendation uh, for Florio's. It was excellent. They ended up eating eating there all night, drinking all night there. And uh, so I came, uh, I got pre-embargo gifts, if you will, uh, oh. for Ronnie. I'm in the city now. All right. I'm going to put you on hold. And uh, a gentleman named Chris Stanley is going to talk to you. Great. Thank all you right. very much. And I like the idea of pre-embargoed. You know why? Now we're... we're yeah, we're living like Dashiell Hammett. All right, we're on the edge. Everybody's on the edge here. So us against the FBI when it comes to cigars. That's the that's the name of the game. Forget the uh, drug cartels. No, it's all about cigars right now. The cigar people have to live by night, like bloodsuckers. All right, so that's how easy it's done, folks. Uh, you hit those numbers, you end up talking to me here. Modern technology. Modern technology, these are the days that we live in. Uh, anyway, I want to introduce us on Ron Bennington. Over there is Fez Watley, Chris Stanley. That's it. I wish I could tell you somebody else was here, but that's it. Just like three little musketeers. Each of us uh, should have an epi. Is that the name of those, Fez? Um, I think that's what it is, All yeah. Right. Good. Thanks for... Uh, Checking it off. Thanks for cosigning, as the as the rap kids like to say. Do they still say that, Hicks? They still say cosigning. Oh fuck yeah! All right, so you cosigned on that. You cosigned yeah, on yeah. my cosign. Cosigning. All right, perfect. Uh, from what I understand, this puff daddy is just amazing, and get him to the Greek. That's what I keep hearing too. I'm a fan of him and made the uh, the fuck. Oh. Remember him and that? He was a gangster in that too, right? Uh, and actually, he did that out of uh, Little Italy. I can't remember which play. I think a Luna. Uh, down there, but when he was explaining about the after-dinner drinks. And uh, I don't know. He's a man of wealth and taste. He's P. Diddy. He's Pity. He's uh, Poofy. If I was him, I'd just go straight Poofy now and be nothing else. All right, the Ron and Fez show. Every day we uh, look for Ichibans, and that's when it goes back to that thing I told you about phone numbers, that you can call in if there's something in the news, something that you can feel like, hey, I know what people are talking about. Let me give it to you. Uh, let's go over here to uh, Jay 
in Ohio. Jay, you're on the Ron Fez Show. Yes, uh, we lost a great one Sunday night. Marvin Isley, the basement for the Isley Brothers, died in Chicago in a hospital. You know something, Jay? This is the first time I'm hearing this. Yeah, it hit MSN uh, last night, late last night, but uh, he was in a hospital, died from complications of diabetes. All right, I'm going to I'm going to have to point this out to you, Jay. I'm going to give you my home number uh, off the air because nobody else is calling me with this. It's just Jay is the only person who wants to keep uh, Ronnie B up to date on things. Uh, Hicks, would you co-sign on that? Sure, yeah, I'm going to co-sign that. Right. Why not? I got the late 90s lingo down, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm, I'm bringing it back. Uh, Jay, a little later on the show, I'll have Chris Tanley uh, play us some Isley Brothers. As a tribute. Uh, Tom's disagreeing with everything that uh, Hicks had to say about Puff Daddy. Tom, what's the big problem? Hey, buddy. Have you seen Carlito's way to the rise to power? P. Diddy sucked. This is going to shock you, but I did not. I don't watch those, like, uh, movies that don't have anybody in the first movie from it. Carlito's way was great, though. Um, yeah, Carlito's way was great, and this is the Carlito's way ripoff. That's what happens when you do this. Oh, it's a sequel, not a ripoff, Ron. It wasn't that bad. It's a prequel. If you're going to be uh, honest about it, it's a prequel. And I already went through this with the uh, Starship Troopers prequel. Or maybe it was a sequel. I don't know. But nobody was there, and even the bugs looked different. Oh, Rico did come back in the fourth one, I think. They're up to four? Something like that, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I would expect that Rico to be Johnny Rico, of course. To have been such a bigger actor. Yeah, me too. It's Police Academy with bugs. It really is, Fez. It's Police Academy with Bugs, which would be a perfect name for a movie. Uh, as you know, I'm best friends with a great writer, director, uh, David Mamet. Unfortunately, I uh, talked to him last night, don't think he's going to work out to replace Dave. Damn. A uh, great writer, great director, refuses to do stunts. Uh, I showed him uh, beard porn. I'm like, here's some of the stuff you're going to be into, Mr. Mamet. And he goes... Fuck you. Yeah, nice uh, 5 o'clock shower going, though. Could have worked out. I, was, I know. I was wondering how I would go up against him in a siren series. Uh, but he's got me thinking. And, uh, Hicks, I want you to start and jot this down. I want to consider you my assistant on this. Got it. Working on a film script right now. And I'm calling it a uh, homeless time machine. And the deal is this. It's a homeless guy. And he falls into some kind of time machine or vortex. I'm thinking about making it. And then he ends up at different places in time, panhandling and sleeping on the street. <laughs> Basically, his life doesn't change no matter what time he's in. Could be the future, could be the past. You know, if he goes back to caveman, can I have a bury? Can I get a bury from you? So he's getting like Roman fucking currency then at some point in this yeah. adventure? Yeah, he is. Uh, he's with pirates. Anybody got a doubloon? Can you help me out? It works. I haven't been able to pirate in some time. It's going to be fantastic. And uh, I already know who I want in this. Who? Russell Brand. And the reason why, he's hot right now. And that's what, that's what I do when I do my movies. I don't care who fits what part. Who is the hottest person you have right now? I don't know if the homeless wear skinny pants, though. All right. Maybe I made a mistake. But I'm still putting Kim Kardashian. And the reason, she's hot right now. Would she be someone in the past the homeless guy runs into, or would uh, she be the homeless person? 
See, I haven't worked everything out. Oh. All right. Mamet told me that I should have all that. I was just thinking about having everybody show up and Chris guess this thing. Just start an improv it. But it's Homeless Time Machine. And I don't even know if I'm going to work on the, the, uh, on the script, but I'm definitely uh, going to work on the poster. We could storyboard it maybe a little bit. I learned a lot about storyboarding yesterday. I did not know that those guys drew up their own storyboards. No. And there's a market here. I mean, wouldn't you like to have uh, Marius Scorsese's drawings, having him sign it at the bottom? Fuck yeah. I mean, obviously, we already have that thing from his nephew got for us from the <laughs> New York Times. Still back here. Still back here. <laughs> yeah. Right now, no one believes it's Marty Scorsese. And we never heard from that guy before. Nope. He just came out of nowhere and uh, never came back again. <laughs> he came back again. It's all, like, folded. From the uh, yeah, it's breaking mail. in half actually. <laughs> yeah. like, it's like piece. fucking sheet metal. Um, that's the thing about sheet metal. You can bend it all you want, but once it breaks, you're fucked. Uh, Kevin, you have a itchy bar. Yeah, how you doing, guys? Uh, looks like Mr. Vandersloot has been uh, confessed to the murder down in Peru. Yeah, I've uh, been catching pieces of that, and that was the big Aruba murder, right, Fez? Right, he was tied in with the Natalie Holloway disappearance. Now, those kind of stories always amaze me. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, the murder of a young girl, people get interested. But the interest level is so above other murders, and I never know why. I never know why, why this one. I mean, I'm sure we could go down, check the Baltimore paper, St. Louis paper. Uh, there's going to be murders. Chicago paper, murders. They're not on national news. People aren't camped out in front of their houses. There's unsolved murders everywhere. But every once in a while, they pick one and they go, this is the unsolved murder that we're all crazy about. I think also that they didn't find the body and that there was a suspect. Dude, it happens all the time. All you've got to do is pick up any local paper. I'm sure that there's some woman in Wichita going, why doesn't anybody give two fucks about my girl? She's been missing. Maybe that's, maybe that's what it is, where it's the, uh, the mother did such a PR campaign of getting out there. Uh, I just don't believe that's the deal. I think it's something with the swarms of the press, where the press, uh, the story to the press is always where other cameras are pointing. And then the press goes, oh, my God, we're, uh, we're missing everything. Uh, Peanut, you're on the Ryan Fez Show. Yes, Gary Coleman, uh, Shannon Price, Gary Coleman's wife has implicated the gooch in his death. Still doing those jokes, are we? Getting the Kentucky late, is it? <laughs> All right. I want you to uh, give me a, a call in a couple days with a Rock Hudson joke. Just keeping it going. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, uh, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, Bill, Kentucky, you're on my face. Hey, Ronnie, uh, that Vandersloot kid, you know, they couldn't break him down there in Aruba, but Peru got him to confess. Can you just imagine what that uh, uh, confrontation must have been like with the police, the interrogation? Oh, yeah. I mean, last thing you want is to be sitting in a chair surrounded by four gacked-up Peruvian cops <laughs> just fucking smacking you with everything they have in the room, screaming, you know you did it. You would confess to every fucking murder. It's like Saeed just fucking ripping fingernails out. Fuck yeah, it's all Saeed down there. By the way, uh, I heard this from a friend of mine in Hollywood. 
Saeed tortures people in real life. So just get that what? out there. Yeah. That's not acting? <laughs> no. With that British That's accent like, of his. Like a fucking reality show at Lost. Uh, we looked into uh, the fact that people are doing blackouts all around the country for uh, Fast Forward. And it's supposed to happen this week sometime in front of the ABC buildings. So I said, this is hysterical. They're all going to go in front of ABC buildings and faint like they all had a flash forward. So I say to Hicks, I said, get a hold of the person who's uh, doing this. And we'll, uh, you know, because apparently it's all over the Internet. So he tracks it down. He finds the head of this. She says she'd like to do an interview, but she has to go on a vacation. And Hicks is like, what are you talking about? She's a 15-year-old girl from Nepal. Kathmandu, to be exact. <laughs> young, young broad run out of, uh, out of Kathmandu and is trying to take on ABC television. I, uh, I respect her for it. I mean, it's a fucking ragtag operation she's got going on. I know, but that's the funniness of the fucking Internet. For some reason, you treat the written word as if it was important. Now, the spoken word, fuck it. Look what happened when Watley tried to put up, uh, I think, $18 to find out who spray-painted uh, Andy Griffith's face. It was $1,000. Whatever. Did anybody call you on it? No. Not one call? No. Again, Crime has up. not been solved yet. Mm. There you have it. Uh, Joel. Joel, you're on Manifest. Hey, Ronnie B. How you doing? Yeah. I just got a Ichiban for you. Uh, then let me hit this. And by the way, Joe, we don't even know what this word means. I have no idea either, Ronnie B. Maybe you guys can help me out. But uh, I got Obama actually saying, so I know who's asked to kick about the oil spill. He's getting pretty heated now. He's finally letting the press get to him. Yeah, he said he's going to do this thing so he finds out who's asked to kick. But the point is this. You cannot fucking schedule... A temper tantrum for yourself. You're either the kind of guy who gets fucking pissed off when awful shit happens, or you're not. So I guess he's listening to Spike Lee when he told him to go off? Fuck yeah, we all listen to Spike. Spike told him two things. He said, I want you to go off on somebody, and then B, do the right thing. Maybe every time we see Spike Lee on the street now, we should like, look at me, Spike. I'm doing... The right thing. Who do the right thing? Who wrote this? Your grandmother? What kind of fucking advice is that, Spike? Um, I'm glad Spike Lee has the uh, ear of the president. But I'll tell you this: something's really wrong with Spike's back. I don't know what it is, but he walks terrible. He walks like he's ninety. Does he? I never noticed that. Before. Oh yeah, he walks just awful. And watching the subways, something happens to black men's backs. I don't know what it is. They could be the littlest, skinniest guys in the world, and they don't walk as good as a 500-pound white guy. Like a bunch of fucking hunchbacks. I don't know what happens. It is like a brittleness. I might want to talk to Earl about it. I have a theory that crack dries out your spine. But, again, it's a theory. What about bass? Does that hurt you? <laughs> Come on. Bass is just early crack. Yeah. Base is do-it-yourself crack. Uh, I know Earl had his uh, resume out yesterday, or as he called it to me, my resume. Who do I get my resume to? Yeah, we walked down to the boss's office together. Boss, just uh, give him a big hug? Oh, yeah, yeah. Great to see him. Yeah. Uh, so when's he start? 
Yeah, I don't. I, there wasn't uh, that much discussion. <laughs> Earl just, he won't get it through his head how crazy he left here. And then um, I'm like, Earl, you left here kind of crazy. Remember, they had security keeping you out of the building for six months. And he yelled at me, I flamed out. Yeah, he started fucking <laughs> freaking out. He started yelling again. He, he flamed out, explaining what happened to him a year and a half ago. And uh, it's, it all started with, remember he wrote that letter about like his brother and family problems and ending with, I quit. It was fucking yeah. nuts. And then we never heard anything else about the brother's problems. Uh, problem. he doesn't, uh, hey, he doesn't have a, pro a brother. He's like fucking Tyler Durden over there. <laughs> Speaking of brothers, I'm away on vacation, Fez. Why haven't you alerted me to this Franklin Pepsi-Cola contest? Oh, it's uh, Franklin at Cypher Films. And it's uh, it's the Pepsi Refresh Project. That's not what I asked you. I said, why wasn't I alerted to this? I got to be kept up to date. You know, when I'm doing my vacations now, I'm media dark. Except for music. Well, that's not media. And I guess it's not, is it? Fuck no. No. So you got to get a guy in news broadcasts and a fucking Stone song. <laughs> that's true. I wish they did. I like to call the Rolling Stones the white man's CNN. And then I found out that the white man's CNN... Is just CNN. So that doesn't work. Uh, so we'll get that up today. Your chance to vote for Franklin. We'll put that up on 202 Friends and his project. And I think he's going to be teaching children filmmaking um, because they did some kind of list. And our kids are like ranked 45th in filmmaking right now. It's an embarrassment. That's terrible, man. Uh, number one, Asians. Uh, and the main reason there is that fucking, you know, those kung fu movies are so easy to make. They need to speak English. And just get a yeah. Godzilla suit. That's what I say a lot of times. I'm like, this movie sucks. They're not even speaking English. You still won't get over the Godzilla thing. It's the last Asian film that you've seen. That is it, yes. 1956 must have been a big year for you, huh? Well, for monster movies and me. Mm, and I'm not that old. I have no way. There's no way of knowing. You're coming in here. You're looking like poop deck Papio on a fucking daily basis with that beard. Is Fez the homeless time traveler? Hey, I can do that cheap, and I can get beard porn out of it. All right, when's the Dave joke over? And he's just coming back in. I don't think it's a joke. It's craziness. I did a text with him yesterday. Oh. How was it? No, no, we just did miss you, Texas, like a couple of fucking girls that had to go away on summer camp. It's weird without you, buddy. It's weird without you, too. We were close enough, we to just start sucking each other's dicks. Not in a bad way, though, Fez. Not in some kind of fucking Elton John, Rush Limbaugh way. Which I'm trying to start a thing now since you got upset that uh, Rush Limbaugh is gay. Because he can't seem to keep a woman. And uh, after that, he just has gay guys sing with him. To him. <laughs> See, that's even worse. Hank. That's fucking weird. That's fucking strange. Uh, I'm going to pay a million dollars to a gay guy to sing in my face. You know, if you fucking really, like, if that's what Elton John would do for money, right? How much would he, how much would he charge, like, I don't know, come in and fucking lay some carpeting down for you? I mean, I guess everybody has a price, no matter what. He's like, I've never laid carpeting, but for a million two, fuck it. I'll be there bright and early. I'll bring my own lunch. He's available for anything now. Oh, 
Anything. It doesn't oh, matter. God. Oh, God. I just, I had that fucking flash in my mind, but they no. do. That's the that kind of fucking disgusting things that they do. Ream each other's assholes. <laughs> do they? Yeah. And they fuck them. Oh, God, Hicks. I had no idea. Yeah, that's what's going on, man. I was grossed out from the fucking hand holding. I guess that's one way. But anyway, that's when me and Dave are heading with each other. I gotta find a new Dave. That's that's gonna be my work today. Find a new Dave. I hope the person. I hope new Dave's name is Dave, because that'll be a lot easier. Just give him Dave's All badges. Right. Because of your fucking not keeping me up to date on stuff. Mm -hmm. Franklin's in two hundred sixty fourth place. Uh, by the way, while we're away, a very special uh, happy birthday to Stalker Patty. And she's, uh, according to her tweets, the year now is the same year she was born. Okay. I don't know what that means. She's 10. Or 2010. That would be perfect. If, <laughs> that would be perfect. If that was true, it might be Zombie Patty. She finally made it. Possibly a vampire. Let her know. I might want her to be a love interest in a homeless time machine. And I'm trying to get the same guy who made Moo to put snoots in there during a dream sequence. She could be the homeless time traveler's wife. Um, John, Florida, you're on Fez. Hey there, Ronnie B. Yeah. Uh, Ronnie B., with the absence of Dave, is there any way that we could possibly bring back Scruffy? Kids love Scruffy. Let's face it. Uh, unfortunately, Scruffy is a big-time sports reporter now. Yeah, he's a jet setting all over the place. He's jet setting. He's uh, Super Bowls, World Cups, you name it. Yeah, he's in Atlanta this week, I think. Oh, Atlanta. Hot Atlanta. He likes to call it Fat Atlanta. And then he's, I'm like, why are you doing that, Scruffy? He just said, buy rims. I don't know why rims are so important. I think them. that was the earliest trade uh, that they had was rims, back and forth. And it works. It absolutely works. All right, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. It is the Ron and Fez show. Uh, I'm going to guess that today is a weekday uh, and not part of vacation because we're all in here. Yeah, we're at work. <laughs> yeah, we definitely are at work. Why? So we can entertain you folks. And you're going to get that when you hear stuff like um, Homeless Time Machine, various jokes about uh, Patty being 10 years old or maybe 2010, uh, gay references, and for some reason, uh, guys who honor crack, which probably is a bad mistake. Uh, Dave, Texas, you're on the Ronnie B., you're a genius. Hey, I was I'd just like telling to that to Hicks. <laughs> I'd like to apply for the new Dave position. Uh, do you have uh, red hair? Uh, yeah, I do have red hair. I don't blow small dogs or eat my own feces. But then I'm sorry, we can't Dave. use you. You are so underqualified. Uh, we need somebody who can come in here and fill some very big shoes. I'll tell you this, I'll be listening to that special delivery show every week. Just getting a little Dave fix for myself. Nine to midnight. Is that what it is? Yeah. It's odd hours. Yeah, it's Saturday. Yeah. It's waitress hours when you really think about it. 
that fucking is. Uh, oh, I I think it was a a, a friend of um, the Hideout guys, but they actually uh, used to do a show a show called Skank Shift. It was just the late overnight, and they called it Skank Shift right off the bat. That's fucking great. Um, you know, we're looking for somebody to replace Dave. And uh, I'm sorry it didn't work out yesterday with David Mamet. And one of the reasons, a black hair. I need somebody tall, like Dave, red hair, like Dave, loves sports, like Dave, but and then also just fixates on one era of music and nothing else. And you're, this is going to surprise you. It's it's not a dime a dozen. It's uh, a difficult thing to uh, pull off. It's a very narrow fucking skill set. I like to say narrow casting. Instead of broadcasting, there's a certain amount of narrow casting that goes down. Um, but I'm looking for joy. I'm looking for happiness. You know, somebody like Dave who has that ability to work within a team and the heart and goals of a champion. That is definite for me. So, um, red hair, tall, heart of the champion, team play. It's all laid out there, Hicks. We've got to be able to find somebody like that. Somebody who has all those things. Matter of fact, maybe that's what I'm going to put on the on the entire. Uh, I'll, maybe I'll put it on Craigslist. I'll just put that out on Craigslist. People will find it. Um. So let me go over this again real quick and see if we've already got somebody ready to come in. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, does he have red hair? Is he tall? Heart of a champion. All right, let's not, uh, and of course, fixate on one era of, uh, era of music. Uh, why don't we just bring the guy in now, see how he works out with us? Let's bring in the great Bill Walton.
right, when you hear the dead like that, it can only mean one thing. Bill Walton is here. The hands are high. Fire on the mountain. <laughs> Mickey, Jerry, Lich, Rock. Unbelievable. Long-distance runner. Takes all you got. We all got to eat. Here all alone, we've got to compete when your dreams come true. Fire, fire, fire on the mountain. Ron, what a thrill and pleasure and privilege it is for me to be on your show today, particularly in the context mm. of being here in New York for the Challenged Athletes Foundation, because that's what is driving my train right now. When I hear that song, Fire on the Mountain, when I dream about the chance to get back into that game, to be playing again from where I've been with my incredibly serious spine and back issues here over the last couple of years that have kept me on that floor, mm -hmm. out of the game of life. But to be able to be here tonight to participate with the Challenged Athletes Foundation, to raise money for the people, to buy wheelchairs and to buy prosthetics for the people that don't have arms and legs. Mm -hmm. What an incredible privilege and honor to be on your show and to be here for those athletes who just want to play in the game of life. Fire on the mountain. Fire on the mountain. The long distance runner. And you're uh, you're living like you said. You're one of the people. Let's bring it up for him. It's probably gonna have to come from over here fast. Uh, I like it loud. Yeah. I like it fast. Well, you know, we played that song too uh, for you as you came in. You were there when those were recorded, right? Absolutely. You, no, I've been a deadhead for been a deadhead for 43 years. I started when I was 15 years old. Yeah. And I'm uh, back in my hometown of San Diego, and they were playing on the local FM radio station. I mean, this was back in the nascent days of FM radio. Yeah, the early, early, the early days. Early days. And they, yeah. so they had a station that's still there in San Diego, KPRI, and I was there and I was listening, and the guy comes on the air and said, now, boys and girls, that was the Grateful Dead. And they were mm. from a San Francisco yeah. band, and they had a concert last weekend in the city, and so many people showed up that they just let everybody in for free. Yeah. And so this weekend, they're playing in Los Angeles, and if you guys go and have enough people show up, then... I bet you'll get in free too. We didn't have any money, but we right. got it. We, you know, we had a car, so we drove to Los Angeles, a bunch of us, and we went there. And sure enough, we all got in free, and we got up in the front, and our lives were changed forever. The same way we're trying, Ron, to change these lives of these challenged athletes, the people without the arms and the legs, and 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 to know Jerry, to know Mickey, to know Bob and Phil and. BK and all the piano players over the years to know how how much they care about seeing the happiness on the faces of the fans yeah. and the people who just want to be a part of that team and the relationship between the dead and their fans, the relationship say between the Boston Celtics, the Portland Trailblazers, the UCLA, the the great brands that I've been able to be a mm -hmm. part of and and those fans and and it, to see the absolute incredible outpouring of support for the Challenged Athletes Foundation. I'm sad, embarrassed, and ashamed, really, Ron, how long it's taken me to get here. Yeah. But uh, I've been chasing so many things over the years. But now when you come back from where I've been, when you have absolutely nothing, and then to get it back and to get that chance one more time. And there's people who are sitting in those wheelchairs or the people who are coming back from the Middle East without an arm or a leg mm -hmm. or without any of them 
or the children who get born with uh, the serious birth defects or the people who have the uh, the tragic accidents that come and just totally change their lives and they give up hope and they lose hope. Right. And and that's where I was with my spine injury because I, I grew up in an incredibly positive environment and, and, and world of support and encouragement and optimism and a chance for a better tomorrow growing up in the 50s and the 60s in Southern California where every coach I ever had was a disciple of John Wooden mm-hmm. and the relentless the, uh, attack, the offensive flow on the team game and the, the structure and the physical fitness and the fundamentals and everything's so perfect. And then to have it all fall out, mm-hmm. to have it all just disappear where you have no hope and you give up. Well, you, here's the thing. I hear the way that you talk about stuff and you love to be connected, whether it's through the music, right. through team, team play. Right. But when you get in that physical pain, it takes you to a lonely place. It takes you to a desperate place. And mm-hmm. it, it was so bad for me that I was standing on the edge of the bridge mm-hmm. figuring it was better to jump than to go back to the life that I had. Because I had nothing. Mm-hmm. I went from the top. I had it all. Right. I had the greatest life on earth. And then I'm on the ground and I can't move. And to describe this unrelenting, debilitating, excruciating nerve pain just mm. radiating through your body that just won't go away ever and you can't make it stop. No and medication not, would, would help. It doesn't work at all. Mm. It just ruins your life even more. Right. And so... Uh, so, if you can visualize what it was like, and, and the the only words I could come up with are if you to to see yourself as being submerged into a vat of scalding acid mm-hmm. that uh, has an electrifying current running through it, and you can't get out, and you're in this dark, deep place. And you just want it to end. You just want it to stop. And, and, and you lose hope. You lose a belief in tomorrow. You lose that sense of I can get back into the game right. and I got the chance. I was given that chance by a brilliant surgeon who performed an eight and a half hour surgery on me with uh, four incisions. I now have four four inch bolts, two titanium rods, a big erector set cage that holds it all together and spacers between all my vertebrae. But now that I'm back into the game of life and, 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 and things are, are, are bright one more time, you think back to those days and you say, how could I ever right. contemplate jumping off that bridge? But when you're in that space and you have no hope, that that is your reality. Yeah. And so what we try to do with the Challenge Athletes Foundation is to take the people and encourage that hope. And the message that we try to deliver is that, hey, Use sport. Use sport to make a better life for yourself. Here's a chair. Here's here's a prosthetic. Here's something that we can give to you. Here's the encouragement. We can show you how to how to get back into that game and and and, and that there is a better tomorrow. And there's a lot of us out there who have been in that space and. If you haven't been there, yeah. you really have no idea. So what an interesting thing, though, through this horrible thing that you went through, right. you're able to relate to people. When they come yeah. back and go, there's no hope, you can say, I know. I know much, how you felt. On a much different plane. Yeah. You know, I, I've been in the public arena since I was 13, 14 years old. Yeah. I and mean, I was on the cover of Sports Illustrated magazine 17 times. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you know, my life is over and I have nothing. And now I'm back. Yeah. And I was like, Oh my gosh! And when you've been there, your life is never the same. Yeah. I mean, you 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 never see things the same way again after you've been in that spot. And so, 
it's very difficult because you know when you have the disabilities, when you're you know you're an amputee, when you're sitting in that chair and you can't do it by yourself, and you know you lose the self-esteem, mm-hmm. you, you lose that reason to believe that there is a a real purpose sure. in life, and so. What I try to do in, in my work, you know, with the Challenge Athletes Foundation, which is ongoing. I mean, this is not just here for the gala tomorrow night. Yeah. This is something we do day after day after day, and the emails and the phone calls and the lectures and the speeches and the programs and and the bike ride that we're going to do next October. It's a yearly event uh, sponsored by Qualcomm, the great San Diego company that mm-hmm. has just revolutionized everything in the wireless world. And we were going to raise a million dollars in a week, where we're going to come out and we're going to ride our bicycles from San Francisco to San Diego. Mm-hmm. Now, I can still participate in sport to a certain degree. I can no longer run. I haven't been able to run for 25 years. I haven't been able to play basketball for 25 years. But I can get in that pool. I can move around. I can get in that weight room and do light work in there, and then I can ride my bike. And so next October, we're doing the Qualcomm Million Dollar Challenge, where 100 of us will all raise $10,000 apiece. Some of us will write checks ourselves some of them will get other people to 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 contribute to the cause we'll raise that a million dollars and then we'll ride our bikes from san francisco and the golden gate bridge october 16th is the starting date we end in san diego on october 23rd the 24th there'll be a big celebration and a challenge athletes foundation uh triathlon that day and we will just be ongoing with our efforts to make that difference and and one of the ways that people can get involved in this is by going on our website which is Mm challengedathletes.org challenged ed athletes plural dot org and participate in the gala which is tomorrow night here in new york city but that gala we're having a live auction we're having a silent auction with all kinds of incredible incredible opportunities number one NBA All-Star Weekend Package. I'm wow. the host. Come with me next year in Los Angeles. Come spend the whole weekend with me. We'll just be going through it. So come out here and get involved with that. Major League Baseball, stepping up big time. They're donating a World Series package. We've got great airline support. Virgin America Airlines. They're coming in here contributing all the free airline tickets. And then in Hawaii, one of the things that the Challenge Athletes is uh foundation is really involved in ron is that ability to participate in iron man mm-hmm. and the world of 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 the triathletes where they're out there they're swimming they're running they're biking and all these people who just want to use that vehicle of sport mm-hmm. lift your life lift your spirit bring happiness to yourself develop your self-esteem get back in that game of life make yourself just feel great and you're and living light, with this feeling. Light that, light that candle, be the fire on the mountain for somebody else. You're living this now, 24 hours a Absolutely. day. You're all back connected well, again. I had nothing for so long. Mm-hmm. And, and you just think it's over, and you give up. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the worst. And, and, and you, you close out. It's so dark in there. And you, you, your friends call, and they try to help, and you say, just go away. Don't right. come back here. You won't turn the music on. And you, you won't do anything. You just sit there and you say, will this pain please stop? Will mm. somebody please help me? But you have to be willing to let the people help. And fortunately, I got better. Yeah. And now that I am better, there's no slowing me down. I'm just <laughs> going full time. And have you reconnected with friends, family, all Absolutely. that stuff? Absolutely. And again? I've apologized to them yeah. for because when your best friends and your family and your coaches when they come and they try to help and you and you just won't let them, you close them out. It, it, it's it's awful. Yeah. But but that's how bad it is. And, and 
the hard thing is, Ron, they, that unless you've been down that road, yeah. y- you have no idea. You, you try to explain it to people, and but unless they've had that nerve pain, unless yeah. they've been standing on the edge of the bridge, I can stand here today and say, I cannot even fathom the notion that I was on the edge of that bridge yeah. and and decided, yeah, you know, is this bridge high enough? Yes, it is. But, you know, you don't want to land on the freeway, you know, but is that ground going to be hard enough? And, and I can say that is like the most ridiculous option ever. But when you're there, that's the clearest path because you just want it to stop and you can't make it stop. It's kind of a blessing that that starts to fade, too. It just slowly it fades It goes away back. and yeah. then you can't even remember how yeah. bad it was. But when, have you ever had that nerve pain when, through your body? Yeah. It, uh, I mean, everybody's had a pain that lasts a little while, but when it's the long... When it's, when it's forever. You just... It's it's difficult now. Uh, but again, it's also interesting how we... You know, the, the old thing about counting blessings, how we just forget that if you're not sitting here worried about some of that, you know, you're already a winner. You're already a winner if you're not dealing with that kind when of stuff. When it turns the corner, when it yeah. first... When you first see the light, yeah. and you know Neil Young, his last album, "Fork in the Road," just mm-hmm. absolutely incredible. Number nine, "Light a Candle." The words go something like this: Instead of cursing the darkness, light a candle for where we're going. There's something ahead worth looking for. That doctor, that company in San Diego, Nuvasive, they they lit that candle for me. They gave me the chance, but now. My responsibility is to hold that candle and to lead the charge and to find the other people who are in the darkness. Don't curse that darkness. Light a candle. And so you're going to spend your time now going back for them one at a time. Absolutely. Whatever, whatever one at a time. You, you would not believe the email's responses. Sure. It's just absolutely incredible. And it just, uh, if you take a minute for a second and just cover this air while I find that one that came in this morning. All right, I will, I will do read that. it to you. Uh, Bill Walton is uh, in with us talking about the... Uh, Challenge Athletes Foundation. Yeah, the Challenge Athletes Foundation and how, of course, he is uh, an able, in his unique uh, situation, to be able to relate to these guys uh, as they come back and have some of these problems. And, and here is an absolute hero, a guy who's been through it himself, who's been a hero on a basketball court, and uh, through I found it. community work. This came in today. Mm-hmm. Dear Bill, I wanted to say what a good thing you're doing helping the challenged athlete. I coached basketball for over 15 years and raced bikes over 20 years now. Last year, I lost my left leg, and I know how hard it is to go on. I just got my new leg, and I'm starting to walk again. But there were some very, very tough times. I hope I can coach again someday. Anyway, keep up the good work. And you know what, Bill? My dad, my dad played at UCLA for one year for John Wooden. Mm. And Wooden has been so good to my dad. And my dad just respected him so much. I watched you play basketball at UCLA, Bill, and you were a very good player. Thanks for the gift of life. Now, when you get a message like that yeah. from a complete stranger, you know what that does to you? We have the NBA playoffs going on right now. Mm. And I used to be a Boston Celtic. And 
once you're a Celtic, once you're a Bruin, once you're a Blazer, you know, when you're part of something really special like that, you're, you know, your your life has changed, and and you have that loyalty, you have that pride. But I'm also a dad, and I've got a son who's playing for the Lakers. And so this whole sense of how this is playing out, I mean, it is just so, so unreal, Ron, how it's mm. come together for me. Because, you know, last week with Memorial Day weekend and, and, and all the sacrifices that the guys have made for us to make it happen for us, me coming back into the game of life after being out for so long and just thinking it was totally over. The NBA Finals, Celtics, Lakers, what brought me into the world of basketball, our son, Luke Walton, who's named after Maurice Lucas, the greatest teammate that I ever had. And Maurice right now is having the battle of his life with cancer. He's just, just up against it, tough as can be. Please say a prayer and light a candle for him. Then Coach Warden dies, and, and, and I'm here for the Challenged Athletes Foundation. I mean, you talk about a life just mm-hmm. coming full circle and closing down. And to be right here, and you get you get a letter like that from a total stranger and how much just a little bit because I know what coach wouldn't meant to me and it, it was incredible Ron because I've been on the road for 40 years I left when I was 17 and been chasing it down forever 200 nights a year on the road hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of miles and from the day I left UCLA and everything sort of changed because when you grow up underneath John Wooden, and then you have him, and then all of a sudden you go out in another world, and it's not like that, and people aren't on your side, mm-hmm. and it's not happy, and it's not positive, and it's not about the team anymore, and things get really different. I used to call him every day, every day from the plane. And it was incredible because I'd always just call him and say, you know, Coach, I'm going here, I'm going there. And he'd have a story about what it was like when he was there and doing that himself. And, you know, there's a huge, there's, you know, there's 40, 43 years of age difference between Coach Wooden and me. And, and, and so, you know, Neil Young wrote that song, Old Man, Old Man, Take a Look at My Life. I'm a lot like you were. And, uh, you know, he had his own poets, Coach Wooden did, and I have got mine with Dylan and Garcia and Neil Young and Robert Hunter and all the guys. And, and I got on that plane to fly to New York yesterday. Got on that plane, and there I was. And I haven't been flying much lately because of my spine. Just I'm, I'm able to do it again, but I'm just not doing it every day. And I got there, and I looked at my Blackberry, and Coach wasn't there. He wasn't there for me to call. And it was just so lonely, and it was so sad. And then I thought of everything that he had done and all the incredible sacrifices that he had gone through with the choices that he willingly made in his life. And those are the same sacrifices that the Challenge Athletes Foundation stands for. And that ability to to realize that it's not about you. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it's not about anything other than putting that smile, putting that smile on somebody else's face. And we can do that. So come with us. What an amazing thing about John Wooden, though, that he could have lived that life and touched so many people. Um, because like you said, any of us that played sports... Uh, our coaches gave us quotes of his or whatever. Right. I mean, it's just, oh. I don't think there's a, a coach out there in any sport that he didn't touch. The most incredible uh, life, really, and, 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 and what he did because he, he 
he never talked about sport. Mm. He talked about life. He talked about who you are. He talked about those personal values and, and, and human characteristics embodied in his pyramid of success, things like industriousness and enthusiasm, friendship, loyalty, cooperation, intentness, initiative, alertness, self-control, physical fitness, skill development, commitment to the team, poise, confidence, competitive greatness, flanked by faith and patience. I first started hearing that stuff when I was 15 years old. I thought it was the stupidest stuff ever. Mm-hmm. What is this? Come on. I want to shoot jumpers. I want to throw backdoor passes. I want to block shots. I want to run. Let's go. Let's play. And he said, no, Bill, it's not about that at all. It's about life. And that was the beautiful thing about the the convergence of John Wooden and Jerry Garcia and Mickey Hart and Bob Weir and Phil Lesh and the Grateful Dead and Bill Kreutzmann and all the guys with the fire on the mountain. And, and, and I just begged Coach to come to the shows to just see how happy the people were. But he would say, no, Bill, no, I've got to go home to Nell. I've got to go home to Nell and Jim and Nan. i got to be home with the family. But, Bill, I do have some tickets to the Lawrence Welk concert <laughs> if you'd like to come this weekend. And so it was uh, it, it was two different worlds coming together, but uh, always with that same purpose. And it, it, it was just absolutely incredible. Because Memorial Day weekend, we talk about climbing back up into the game of life. Uh, the Grateful Dead were playing a festival weekend uh, up in Angel's Camp in the High Sierra up north of Yosemite. And so my wife Lori and I, we we went up to Yosemite, and I hadn't been there in years because of my injuries and my spine. And I just really hadn't done anything other than just lie on that floor and beg, beg for it to stop. And so, But now that I'm better and back in it and I'm out there, we went up there. I took my bicycle and was riding around and El Capitan and Bridal Veil Falls, Yosemite Falls, Vernal Falls, Half Dome, the Merced River, water coming down. It's just flowers, the dogwoods, just absolutely fantastic and spectacular. Then we went up and over the mountains and through the woods to to the Grateful Dead concert, and it was just spectacular. So much hope, so much joy, so much happiness. It was just what you live for in life, people dancing and smiling and laughing and saying, yeah, let's go, let's play. And then... After the concert was over, it's always so sad, but I got on my bike and I rode down out of the High Sierra and across the San Joaquin Valley over to my wife's hometown of Tracy, California. And just, just a beautiful, spectacular day, wind in my face all day long, just incredible. And then the next day we drove down to Los Angeles to see Coach because we knew. Mm-hmm. We knew. It was one last time. Coach and I had said our goodbyes back in February, March, we, it, it was time, and uh, he wasn't going to get any better. And when we were getting out of the car, when we were parked the car to, to go into the hospital to see him that one last time, and I had my Grateful Dead pass, my all-access laminate pass around my neck, and I said, I, I'm going to take this in, and I'm going to give it to Coach Wooden because he might need it to get where he's going. And Lori, she looked at me, and she said, Bill, he's not going to need it. Yeah. Leave it here in the car. He's going to be able to get it. He's all wherever. access. He's yeah. all access anyway. Uh, Bill Walton, you're a fine man. and it's, uh, I'm it's a lucky a, man, Ron. Yeah. Lucky it, man. It's a great story to hear you, you're back in the game and doing good things. I'm in the game of life. Yeah. The fire on the mountain, the, dra- the train, the, the Mickey and VK, they're just driving it. And I'm just, I'm just riding. And I'm just, uh, I, I'm here. And I look at those people, you know, tomorrow night at the gala, Bruce Hornsby. Bruce Hornsby is going to come, and he's going to play. And he's just been incredible. And I'm really hoping 
I'm really hoping that I can talk him into playing Standing on the Moon. No. Jerry's last great song. And, you know, you hear those songs and the ones that come, you know, Dylan, Chimes of Freedom, uh, Standing on the Moon. Uh, uh, some, and then the one that is really applicable here is... Uh, uh, Mission in the Rain, Jerry's song about life growing up there and in the Mission District of San Francisco and the bad weather and the rains coming down and just that struggle, that struggle to get there, the same struggle that we face every day that the challenged athletes have an even greater struggle. And Jerry's song, Mission in the Rain, some folks would be so happy to have just one dream come true. Bill Walton, thanks for coming in, my friend. Thank you for having me. I turn and walk away Then I come round again It looks as though tomorrow I'll do pretty much the same
Fez Show. The virus. Serious. XM. Everything is different, but the same. Things are more moderner than before. Bigger and yet smaller. It's computers. Holly came from Miami, FLA. Hitchhiked away across USA. Plucked her eyebrows on the way. Shaved her legs and then he was a she. She says, hey babe, take a walk on the wild side. Said, hey honey, take, take a walk, walk on, on the wild side. side. Let's run a face show. So it looks like we have a replacement for uh, Dave, Bill Walton. I love it. That was weird as fuck. Um, yeah, I was only thinking you might be a little too nutty. to You know, it could get to you on a daily basis. I'll feel the jam band stuff. I want to go to a show right now. Seriously, first of all, uh, I'll say this. Uh, of course, our best deadhead friend is Kathleen from the Bronx, who I like to call mini Bill Walton. So uh, I wrote to her yesterday. I said, if Bill Walton comes in, what's a dead song that we could play that he would connect with? You know, like the deadheads are, you know, oh, yeah, that one. Not the stuff that gets played a little more. So she came back with that, and Hicks signed up. He came into the room. The hands go up. We all start dead fucking dancing with him. And then the, uh, the piece at the end. That Hicks played for him, he was out of his mind because fucking Hicks basically reverse hit the post. So the fucking lyric came up as Walton was finishing his last thing. Walton was blown away like he had some kind of spiritual John Wooden, Jerry Garcia, Neil Young moment. Uh, and just the hands go in the air. So like Hicks is like, oh, okay, good. The hands stay in the air. Then he goes over to the glass starts to pound on it so and wants Hicks to put his hands in the air with him. So the two of them there with his hands in the air. Then Hicks comes down, gives him two thumbs up, and shoots the pistols at him. That's right, Johnny. Well, that's right. Nothing wrong with that. What were you doing shooting pistols? <laughs> Whatever. That was an odd moment for two men to have together. Yeah, it was a little weird. Then he put his hands to his heart too, yeah. at the, at some point. Uh, he's back in a big, big way. He was under such de uh, debilitating pain. Ron, I'm going to tell you something right now. John, when he started to read off the things that John Wooden did, he's an intense guy. Yeah, that's crazy. He read off that pyramid like uh, it was nothing. It was nuts. Yeah, just one thing after another and loves to sit and do the uh, dead songs. Um, he was actually telling me in the hall that any dead show, he likes to go alone. Because that's the spot that he can end up finding it for himself. Holy shit, he really is a fucking a deadhead hippie. Oh, seriously, like Holy thousands. Shit. Thousands of shows. That's crazy. Yeah, he, he had all the signs. Um, you know, his championship game in basketball, some people consider it the greatest game. Per, a person ever played did something like 21 out of 22 attempts, blah, blah, blah. Won championship rings, but loves the dead as if it was a religious cult. And he was at like the Egypt show, right? Like he was. He in, was there, yeah. He was there. That's 
mind-boggling to be at a dead show in the fucking shadows of the goddamn uh, Yeah, that's the, that's the the kind of bizarre thing. And then I think Keezy tried to run a dead flag up one of the pyramids and just started running. <laughs> like, you know, I wanted to ask him about some of that stuff, but he was just, you know, he was already shot out of the rocket. Well, yeah, he's back, though, you know? That back he is, is back. I'm telling you, it's really true, and I talk to Fez like that when Fez gets into his depression stuff, and I'm like... You just, on a daily basis, people don't realize how lucky they are, you know, that your spine works, your lungs work, your fucking kidneys are working. You're not even thinking about all the great things that you have going for you. And then you're like, you know, I didn't get that thing I wanted. I'm from, uh, I didn't get the new Blackberry. So my life blows. You know, you can, you can go in either direction. If people don't appreciate shit. Uh, no. It's it's almost impossible to appreciate existence. And yet, people fear death. Oh, I'm afraid of death. But you're not doing any living. Um, here's uh, Jay. Jay, you're on the Run of Fez show. Yeah, I was want to know, was Fez dancing too or not contributing? Fez um, didn't get into the dancing thing. The music throws you off. But you can see, here's a guy, Fez, who probably shares some of the stuff that, that you share, and yet he finds that way to connect. He does it through, you know, his love of music. But re even after he left, you started crying about something to me. You're having some kind of bad day? Oh, yeah, I was just having trouble getting stuff together for today. I feel like I'm working, like, behind and everything. So I'm just, uh, I f I'm not caught up, I'm not connected. You have no stuff to do. He didn't turn up his headphones. That's the only thing that happened. Even after I said, just get his headphones in here, mm -hmm. uh, you left the room. You left the room and went and talked to Hicks. Yeah, because I, I, I was like, I'm turning it out. He still wanted it louder, and I'm like, I can't The man make it loves louder. to rock. You don't understand. He's been with the dead and the pyramids. He likes it loud. Can't get enough. You didn't hear any of the quotes of fire he was doing for us one after another? Yeah, that was fucking crazy. I was man. loving how he was tying it all together. And uh, I got a, uh, an email, too, that says, don't do it, Ronnie. Don't buy his Amway. Because he had that kind of fever. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. He, he had religious. He's walking around with, like, a religious amount of fever. Uh, the, the same kind of thing that weirds people out when they go to a church. You know, like, if it's not your church... And you just see people, like, throwing themselves and all. But it's one way to live. I wonder if he was in the family, that crazy uh, hippie cult that uh, followed the dead around. That like, just sold drugs and just fucking just followed them and lived off them. There were, uh, and I don't know how the dead put up with it, to tell you the truth. I mean, after a while, it got too much. I remember we were doing, uh, when I was doing radio in, um, in Florida, we had to play PSAs from uh jerry just telling people to stay away from the show if you don't have tickets don't come it's only you know seventeen thousand seats they've already heard from the city don't be selling anything out front because the police because after the you know touch of gray shit happened then suddenly a lot of people who just went, oh, there's a scene that's been going on. I'll just leap into it, you know. They all started to show. And even, like, the deadheads were, like, fucking bummed about that. It had gotten way too big.
Yeah, same sort of thing happened with fish, which is basically the same scene. A lot right. of the fucking uh, dead guys. The Children of the Dead. Pretty much, yeah. Which would have been a great name for a band. Uh, yeah, at the, at the final fish show, at least when they retired the second time, uh, they, got on the, uh, they got on the radio and said, stop coming to the campgrounds. Right. It's muddy. Don't come in. And but people just fucking yeah because it becomes like a nightmare for the band like in the in this case um, you know the police and the city was saying to the dead uh, we're not going to put up with your shit and they're like well we're just coming and playing a show we don't have we don't control these people it's not what you think we're not selling the acid um here's Rob you're on first. Yeah, you imagine having a decent speech to a dead concert, and all of a sudden Bill Walton shows up, like two rows in front of you? Forget you heard him, bro. He was all access. He was all access. Oh, he was hanging out in the back in the fucking trailers. Fuck yeah. But, I mean, just as soon as he heard the music, he was happy again. Ecstatic. He blew up. It was nuts. And when the arms go up, he's even taller. Our Jay from St. Louis stopped by that went to Florio's last night. Yep. Let him swing by. He's very happy. Uh, so you consider yourself a fish stick, Pepper? That's where you oh, are with yeah. fish? That's, oh, yeah. You're 100% with them? Yeah. How you doing, man? How you doing, Ryan? Good How to you? see you, dude. How you doing? Oh, that's very nice of you. And this is, uh... This is a very close friend's private stock. Uh-huh. Wow, very nice. Very, very nice. That suits you well. That will do it, my friend. Thank you. Uh, what are you doing in town? Uh, I got my friends uh, and some, uh, some of my employees. Mm -hmm. Said, you know what, we're going to meet. Let's do it in New York. Everybody flies in. And then uh, we went out to dinner last night. So I got my guy from Tokyo, Philippines, Singapore, did, all over the world. Did you try any of the, the home stuff they have at Florio's? Any of those cigars? Uh, yeah. I, I had a, well, I had a home home one last night. And then I had a Monte Cristo. Oh, yeah. uh, just, you know, something I'm, I'm used to. And then their home cut one, I wasn't. You, you got to walk. You got to work through it. There could you smoke inside though? Or? No, we went outside. We yeah. were outside till uh, almost one. Yeah. So yeah, it was the cop. It's one of those things where they never had. The, they were never grandfathered in, and the cops. So they used a lot of smoke in there, and then literally yeah. the cops would come in over people who have a cigar store. Oh my gosh! And food together, and yet for some reason you can't have it. Yeah, when we were there, they made us. We had to put the cigars underneath the table. Yeah, it was like when you're like. Uh, like smoking when you're a junior in high school. And the cops come in and everybody has to act like, no, we weren't doing anything. What are you talking about? Fucking ridiculous. Hide the ashtrays. But see, we were out there and then we looked at uh, the older gentleman and said, you know what, can we do this? It's like, yes, please. And so we uh, we had a very enjoyable time. Uh, they ended up, we ended up six bottles of wine. Beauty. Had a, a, a great dinner. They ended up buying my dinner because they enjoyed the, the time so much. So That's great. I um. Uh, I gotta end up uh, reconciling it all of it, anyway. Yeah, so. we, when we when we go down to Florio's, we haven't been there for a while. We'll just say you bring the food. Just let us know what you think of it. Um, you know what's good. Yeah, we're not gonna make any real decisions here. Now, who are you gonna drink with, Hicks? Though, who are you gonna sit and drink hard with? 
uh, uh, Oni guys don't really drink too hard. Yeah. Uh, I guess it's back to drinking by myself. Either that or you could become friends with Solera, which I highly recommend. Oh, she's in the city? She's local? I'll fucking have a drink, sure. But you don't talk when you drink. You're not a... You, you drink like Lee Marvin. Well, yeah, I like to just, you know, try to think. The slow roll. Yeah, he drinks like he's forgetting, trying to forget something horrible. Like oh, he's trying to forget something that he did. You always have the feeling that he knows... Uh, taking, what's that? You're rolling him? I got I got other commitments. I just wanted to come in, say hi to you. Oh, okay. I, I didn't know. All right, I appreciate the work you guys do. I appreciate it. Thank thanks for the guards. Thank you very much. Thanks, we'll Jerry. Be, well, it's Jay from St. Louis. Jay. It's Jay. Close Jerry enough. is Jerry Garcia. We were talking about him <laughs> earlier. Right. Yeah, we if he shows up, I'm going to run. Because uh, that would be impressive, though. It'll too. be the last episode of Lost if suddenly Jerry Garcia comes in. I'd love it. I'd be fucking losing my shit. Yeah. See you, buddy. See you. Happy trails, guys. All right, you're tearing up over the Jay and Jerry. Stupid mistake. It's okay. <laughs> he shouldn't have corrected you, Fez. Stupid mistake. I knew it was Jay, and then for some reason, Jerry came out. Well, you ruined the show, uh, and you ruined our relationship with Jerry. That's what it feels like. Yeah, well, it's not true. <clears throat> now I just feel like... Um, all right, WC just wrote, uh, keep playing the dead and Bill Walton. Great energy. I'd actually... Uh, <laughs> all right. Can I quote him on this, on the fish thing? Uh, Lee Mel's... Uh, I believe thinks he knows a little more about fish than you, my friend. I would not mind having a contest one day on the air. Lee Mellis is my guy, as you know. I understand. Everybody has somebody they like, and they can't even place the the reason. That's how I am with Lee Mellis. First time I saw him, uh, that's a guy I like. I had no idea he was a fish head. I had no clue. Yeah. I feel like a dick. Yeah. So what I'd like to do is maybe one day get the two of you together... Do like a little trivia test on the music. Can we drop? And then yeah, you'll you can if you need to. And then winner gets a glow stick. Fuck yeah, all right. Glow stick more, baby. Signed by Jerry from St. Louis. It's Jay. Now you got me confused. We'll test you on your fish facts. Now Franklin from Cypher Films, if you want to vote for him as part of the Pepsi Refresh project. That's Franco. You can go to 202friends on twitter.com. Vote for Franklin's project as part of the, the Pepsi contest, the competition that he's in. Teaching young children how to make films. Which would be fantastic. Because I talk to a lot of kids. They don't know how to make shit. And now that I'm such good friends with David Mamet, I wouldn't mind bringing him along. And for that matter, Bill Walton. This could be like one of those reality shows where who wants to be Dave, and at the end I vote somebody out. Uh, every day I vote somebody out. Another celebrity, another random person. Yeah, what I'd like to do is this will be my catchphrase, you're not Dave, get out. Here's what I feel bad about. But I, I'm going to have to get over this. Dave loves 
Glengarry Glen Ross to ridiculous things. David Mamet was in here yesterday. Dave loves basketball and tall redheads. Wearing the Celtics jersey this week because he loves Bill Walton. Bill Walton in today. Yeah, he's 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 broken up over that. Uh, it, it drives me nuts. All right, let me go over to my good buddy Lee Mills. Lee, how are you, pal? What's up, Ronnie? I'm doing good. How are you? I want to get to the bottom of this fish thing, whether it's you or Hicks, who's the actual fish head. Well, I'll come in any time and I'll kill him, guaranteed. Now, what would be, what kind of, are we just going to do on music or other fun facts about fish? Fish facts. Uh, I would say anything. Mm. All right. And then maybe at the end of it, after I saw them on Jimmy Fallon, you guys can do their version of Loving Cup together. That's cool. Yeah. All right, no problem. All right, Lee, we're going to work something out. All right, let me know. And if I can get a sponsor, winner gets a glow stick. But that's only if I can get a sponsor. What color? All right, cool. Green. All right, green. I'll green it for is. red. All right. Always, maybe I'll have... Green. You know what? Maybe I'll have one of each. We'll do like a Star Wars thing. All right, what were you calling it? Fish facts, Fez? Uh-huh. I liked it because we can spell the facts with a PH, right? Exactly. Right? Yeah, and we see who who is the king of the fish sticks. Why did you say Jerry? Was it for Jerry Garcia? That must have been stuck in my head. Again, a million beats behind. Like some sort of moron. This was going to be your time, though, remember? Right, yeah. Did I look weird when I was dancing around like that with Bill Walton, or is it okay? No, it was awesome. I I if it. I see a man with his hands in the air dancing around, I got to do it with him. Hell yeah, it's a fucking hippie dance. But when the blind boys with uh, from Alabama came in, I had to get all gospel with them, too. Eh. I want to be you, the guest, whoever it happens to be. That was so funny when you had to give them the big thumbs up, and then the little shoots. Just start shooting him up. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, no, I'm down. Yeah. He told me he is unbelievable. Ron, and I, after he, and I go, yeah, Bill, he's unbelievable how he brought the music up. That was just absolutely perfect. I got the touch, Bill. It's a big deal. Then he goes, I've got to tell him. And I'm like, good, go over there and tell him. I'm thinking. But instead, he goes to the window. Starts pounding on the window and fucking Hicks isn't turning around. And then finally, when he does turn around, they have that odd moment through glass. You should have shown him your tits. It was that's crazy. Uh, Curtis in Nebraska, you're on my fez. Hey, Ronnie. Yeah. The best ice cream in the world has been in Jerry's fish food. You know what? Here's the here's the weird thing. I think I'm more of a Cherry Garcia fan. Yeah, Cherry Garcia is delicious. It's fucking unbelievable. I don't like the little fish chocolate things in there. It weirds me out. I don't like just whole chunks of chocolate. But that... <laughs> you like more? Yeah, I like the Cherry Garcia. I like the cherry ice cream. I'll give you another one. That Chubby Hubby is pretty good, too. And Stephen Colbert, American Cone, or whatever shit. I didn't know he had one. Yeah, America, oh, it's Americone Dream. And what's it like? It's like ice cream cone pieces in it and vanilla ice cream, I think. They used to do from Russia with Buzz, and they don't make it anymore. Now you're upset? Tears are going to start no. flowing? They stop making the ice cream. I like cherry. I mean, Jay. 
Uh, Ann, Ann, you're on the Run and Fetch show. How's it going there? Yeah. I, uh, I could challenge both these guys to fish facts. I've, I've been over 103 fish shows. I, got, I was in the, the front page of the Burlington Free Press for being a fish fan. You sent it to us. Wait a minute, this is cheating if you're from Vermont. Yeah, really, come on. But I, I'm, uh, I'm a transplant. I, you know, I came up from New York, and I live up here now. But, Did you uh, only move up there because that's where fish are? <clears throat> uh, that had a little something to do with it, but not uh, 100%. I just love it up here. And he's gotten press. How much molly are you selling? I'm not selling any molly. And why not? <laughs> to buy some. Why, why not? Because I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm past that stage. How much for a tenth? I don't need molly to enjoy a show. I need to enjoy <laughs> life. Fucking Hicks needs it to feel like a person. <laughs> Just to feel like a human being. I want some synthetic fucking drugs. What's the big deal? I don't think that's... It's not like it's illegal. Exactly. It's 100% synthetic. I think you're going to enjoy it. Um, there's a internet thing making the rounds right now of this little kid at a Phillies game. And I guess they were just panning the stadium and uh, a little kid had his dad's beer and was just fucking tipping it back, taking a big old slug off of it, enjoying himself. And it's caused quite a stir. And you see the kind of people exist in the world. Let's just, uh, just put it on so Fez can see it real quick. It's only like seven seconds. Um, and you can see it's a very hot day there in Philadelphia, and a little kid, he's got to be about three, and just takes a big man-sized slug off the beer. The cameraman kind of sees him, so he keeps moving away. This one little thing has now started an outcry between people of, oh, isn't he adorable, or look, an abused kid. I just feel like if you never had a, uh, a fucking hit off a beer at that age, your dad... Your grandfather, your uncles didn't drink. Hell no. Everybody had a fucking head off their dad's beard, didn't they? I was always fucking taking a slug of some Meisterbrow, which is was. I look at you now. It hasn't fucking bothered you a bit. <laughs> Meisterbrow was your dad's beard choice. Oh, yeah, I love Meisterbrow. What a fucking grind ball. What was it, 82? Some shit, I don't know. <laughs> he was just, he really just loved the worst things. Midnight Dragon was also a fucking beer he loved. And then there was some night night flight or night strike was a malt liquor he would enjoy. So you would take a hit off of it, and then would he do the thing of all right, that's enough? Yeah, because that was always a good feeling when you're a little kid, when like they think it's cute when you start to hit on it, and then they're like, okay, that's plenty, stop it now, and then you're like, yeah, fuckers, now who blinked? Like they're fucking authority because they're feeding their kids alcohol, <laughs> right? And then at the last moment they decide I'm an awful person. <laughs> But uh, we get into this stuff, and the same thing went around with the kid who was smoking on TV. Uh, that YouTube went around, the little fat kid that was smoking, and everybody acted like, oh, he's got the worst parents in the world. I could show you a million YouTubes of little kids starving, and no one seems to get upset about it. But show a little kid having a smoke or a fucking beer, and suddenly people are like, we should do something about this. This kid looks like it's not his first time just chugging on a beer. It, looks it was like a hot fucking day, Fez. It's not adorable in the least. Yes, it is. Look at him. 
He's just taking a little beer for himself. He's bending it all the way back. He looks like he's finishing his own beer. Did he look? Did he drink more than a second? No, not that we got to see. Thank you. It was and, a little light anyway. What's the big deal? And no one is paying attention to this kid. No one. What do you mean you're not paying attention? We are. His fucking parents took him to a ball game. What more do you possibly want? And it looks like they got decent seats. Yeah. He's sitting there. He's being. He's part of the game. He's part of it. His dad's got some cotton candy right there. You can yeah. see it. As it Loves ends, it. he's looking into the bottle like, why isn't there more? Yeah, your dad gives you the last swig. He gives you the fucking scuzz at the bottom. <laughs> Go ahead. You like scuzz so much? Drink it, you fuck. There's a cigarette in the bottom in there, too. <laughs> That's the worst. So, um, it's very... F- so, you, you're offended. Yes, I'm offended by it. I sent this to Kathleen, who just... Uh, because she's a Phillies uh, lover... Sent me back a big ha ha ha. I sent it to my dad, and he sent me back. Hey, we got that picture of your nephew where he's fucking hitting that beer when he's about four, and you just see everybody like cracking up around them. <laughs> I mean, what are you gonna fucking do? Well, when people give kids whiskey or whatever back in the day, like hey, rub it on your yeah, teeth. Yeah, yeah. My mom was a big believer that if a baby was uh, teething, it just rub some whiskey on there. This kid looks like he's actually two. I had heard four. I hadn't seen this before. Now that well, I see it. Well, his fucking, his, his height is stunted, Fez. He's been drinking like a fucking animal. <laughs> it ain't going to help right, anymore. What is, what is the thing there? What's the... Quick poll. This kid is either awesome or yeah. inappropriate. Bumping me down as the king of awesome. So let's see what, the, what comes back. Oh, it's dead heat. It is a dead heat. That is fucking great because I've noticed that from people. What Fez is saying is... About half the people, and what Hicks is saying is about half the people. I just don't know why we want to suddenly act like, who's the father? Something should be done about this. It's one thing if you don't want your kid to have a slug off a fucking beer. I get it. But at the other time, this kid, obviously, his old man's taking him to a ball game, so he's got to have some love in his life because... You really don't want to be at a fucking game with a four-year-old kid. They have to piss so much. They're constantly wondering about ice cream and soda and shit. Yeah. He's got to piss because he's probably had a six-pack. Here is... So what would you do, Fuzzy, now that this thing's out there? I would try to identify the parent from the seats and the the video. What, What would you do with them? I would just check. I would have. Uh, I would check into what the home life is. Child services. Sure. Oh Jesus. So you would seriously think child services need to be called? Yeah, I would just check to make sure what was going on. If if it's the baby grabbing a bottle while no one's looking, or is this a daily occurrence where the kid's getting home from daycare and you having know, a cold you, one for himself? But you also know that that's not true. You know that they don't say, "I love the party with my kid." You know what I mean? They fucking, they're all having beers. The kid says, give me a sip. You give him one sip. What if you're the cool dad, though? And you're just having a party in the basement. Then you're saying, why don't you bring your friends over here and shit? Um, I don't know. For some reason, we just fucking worry too much. We just fucking worry too much. Here's Brian in Jersey. You're on my face. Brian. Once, twice, you're out, buddy. Uh, let's go over here to Tom in Texas. 
Hey, Ronnie, I can remember my mom used to put Seagram 7 in my cough syrup just to get me to bed when I was six, so that was pretty cool. Well, the fact that she's even just giving you cough syrup to fucking drink, you know, lazy mom. Uh, Troy, you're on Ronnie Fez. You know, Ronnie, it's a rite of passage. As a southern man, there was nothing better than working in the yard on a Saturday afternoon with your old man, getting done, sitting on the front step. Remember when the Budweiser's came in the little round-top bottles and sit down and Dad would hand you the Budweiser and let you have a swallow? It's a rite of passage. It's a bonding experience from a boy to his father. I mean, and, I don't know why everybody's And here's so the word, too, Fezzi. You get a swallow. You don't sit there and get your own fucking tall boy. Well, this guy's talking about when he was done with lawn work. This kid is a toddler. Yeah, but that's about the age that you're curious. Oh, you yeah. see all the men fucking drinking. You know you don't want to be one of the women. Um, Using a Budweiser as a sippy cup. Let's go to Jim. Jimmy, I'm going to fuss. Hey, Ronnie, when I was a little kid, uh, my mom and dad were divorced, and my dad owned a bar over in Daytona Beach, and we used to spend the summers with him. He'd let us hang out at the ball all day and, and have a beer whenever we wanted it. Of course, you know, one beer for a little kid. We were we were tanked, you know, but he didn't give a shit. Yeah, I don't think that's what we're talking about, getting the kid tanked. We're saying it's no big deal uh -huh. that this showed up. Fez, you do think it's a big deal. I think it's a huge big deal, and it probably doesn't take too much beer to get a kid that uh, size tanked. But there... That was, if that fucking kid had a quarter of a second sip on it, I'll be surprised. It was like an elbow. It was nothing in yeah. there. As a matter of fact, I'm not trying to make any disparaging remarks. That kid's kind of a pussy. Uh, Nate, you're on Fez. Man up a little. Whoops, let me try again. Nate, go ahead, buddy. Over... Hey, Fez, if that was an overweight guy or an overweight kid and he was eating junk food, would you still be outraged? I would probably wonder about the kid's health. I will say this, we are going, and we're quickly heading to that point where child services are going to start looking into fat kids. They already got the schools doing it. Oh, no. Yeah. Come on. I'm telling you, anything that you grew up with as fast food, say fucking goodbye to it. It's going to the same place as cigarettes. Oh. It's fucking done. So fucking cheeseburger's going to be illegal? It'll it'll or depend just... on what kind of cheeseburger it is, but the kind of fries that you grew up with, yeah. there's a short fucking shelf life on them. A short shelf life. And what they're going to do is tax it out of existence. It's really depressing. Again, we all think we know so fucking much. Um, Mike, you're on Fez. Hey, guys. Hello? Yeah, go ahead. Hey, I took my uh, my two daughters to the daughter games a couple nights ago out here in L.A. And my three-year-old daughter, she's looking at my, you know, she's got her Coke and her hot dog, and she's looking at my beer. And so I said, all right. And I, I gave her a little swig of my Sam Adams. And, uh, and there was a bunch of people around. The guys in front of us were kind of laughing. And there was a couple of Indian people behind us, and they were giving us dirty looks the whole time. But she just was curious, needed a little taste, and she got it. It all starts in California, doesn't it? It yep. all starts in California. Uh, Will, you're on Ronnie Fez. Hey, Ronnie, how you doing? Yeah. Hey, I got a question for Fez. Uh, I, I remember getting drunk when I was three years old, and my my whole family laughing at me. So if he's gonna willing to take it to the child services, what's better, uh, you know, living in a foster home or having a little bit of beer at a ball game? We don't know how much beer this kid is drinking. The reason why we don't know? None of our fucking business. You think he's drinking more beer? You think this is a regular occurrence? 
Fez acts like the fucking kid has a keg in his room. He doesn't. He's a kid at a ball game. And again, if this kid wasn't loved, he would not be at a fucking ball game. He doesn't even make a face when beer tastes horrible. What? Especially when you're a little kid. <laughs> beer doesn't taste horrible. It's fucking great. Yeah, it tastes pretty good. When you're a little kid, you can't handle beer taste. Of course you can. He doesn't even make a face when, it, when he sucks the stuff down. Why should the shit? <laughs> Who didn't like having a fucking head off a of beer? It always tasted great. Tasted like adulthood. Tasted like freedom. I remember taking a hit off my dad's beer, and I'm going, I, I must have been like five. And I'm going, man, if this is what beer tastes like, I can't wait till I get the pussy. Because this adulthood thing seems amazing to me. Um, let's go over here to uh, Travis. You're on Fez. Hey, Ronnie B. Hey, first of all, I totally agree with you. My son drinks a little bit of beer, and he doesn't make an odd face. But when I was a kid, there's a picture of me. I'm probably about four or five, wearing a tuxedo T-shirt, sitting in my old man's lab. He's wearing a leisure suit, and they're dipping my pacifier in a big old glass of uh, Jack Daniels. Why would a, a four-year-old have a face. pacifier? Well, I, I don't fucking know. My parents were just, you know, well, sugar, give me Jack Daniels. I think a pacifier was a part of the problem. <laughs> Seriously, though. <laughs> For your own pacifier, sounds like an ass beating is ready to take place. Maybe he's a raver. Well, he was wearing the tuxedo T-shirt. I, I can't make it out, but that looks like a light beer. It's a Miller Lite. It yeah, all right. It so like, that's I mean, fucking fine. Yeah. It's yeah. like uh, drinking in a, a fucking uh, vitamin water. It's still a beer. And the father's definitely cool with it, because you see him like... The father couldn't give a fuck. Yeah, he tells the father looking the at him. The Phil's have been no, in is. such a slump lately, it's a fucking nerve wreck. Might as well dope the kid up with some booze. How are you, Fez? I'm, I'm actually a little bit annoyed that nobody's more supportive of the Fez on this one. I mean, well, you'd be the guy. But, uh, dude, uh, bottom line, the kid, it's a kid. Shouldn't be touching alcohol, shouldn't be drinking alcohol. And I'm a pretty liberal dude, too. I, I'm not... Nothing bothers me for the most part, but... As a father of a young child, shouldn't be touching it, shouldn't be going anywhere near it. Well, it looks like the, the kid will never do it again after this thing made fucking TV. He's fucked. He is fucked. He's yeah. going to be watched now. Which is, by the way, that's the worst thing you can ever fucking hear from anyone. You're being watched. Yeah, that's... <laughs> it's the fucking lowest. Unsettling. <laughs> if someone says to you, I think your fucking house is being watched, you don't have another good fucking moment. <laughs> You look at all those people in Philly, they ain't even fucking turning sideways. They're used to it. No, those no assholes have been in a mummer's parade before. <laughs> what are they supposed to do? Slap the beer out of a kid's hand? It's a fucking Miller Lite. He needs something to take the taste of Paul Mall out of his mouth. You can smoke at the Philly Stadium these days? No, fuck. No, he can't smoke anywhere in America. Someone told me he had to stand in fucking Mexico and have a couple of smokes and come back in. Shit. Um, so this is horrible to you, right, Fez? Yeah, this is really bad. This is a really little kid sucking down beer. He's not sucking down beer. you got to fucking be careful where you're going with it. He took a hit off his dad's beer. Now, in the meantime, the rest of the world doesn't fucking play by our rules. Kids can get beer in fucking Germany, and they're expected not to abuse it. Look at France. People drinking wine constantly, right? Yeah. Right, but that doesn't happen here. But so, but the thing is, if it's such this horrible thing, why aren't you constantly concerned about German children 
and French children. If this is such fucking awful abuse, why aren't we sending the troops into France to save these little fucking frogs from an enjoyable meal and a glass of wine? Um, let's go over here to uh, Bill. Bill in Texas here in my face. I'll try here. Ed in Jersey. Ed, you're on Hey, I'm a cop in Jersey, and the law reads that there is no uh, legal age to drink in a house or on private property as long as you have the, the adult uh, supervision, uh, you know, their, their uh, consent. So what the 21 years old is for purchasing or out in a public uh, venue. So if, so, there, it, it, so if there was like a high school party going on at someone's house and the mom and dad are there and now the kids are just wasted, there's no charges. If every, if every kid there has the consent of their parents and the person throwing the party gives consent, then that's legal, yep. And we run into it. We run into it a bunch of times. So if I want to give my kids you know, alcohol at my house, that's fine. If a neighbor's kid or a friend comes over, I can give it to them and serve it to them as long as they have permission. It's when they don't have the parental per permission that the statute applies. So these parties and stuff, you know, sometimes they're a problem, sometimes they're not, depending on what's going on. Usually not all the kids have the, have the consent. But, like, you know, for me, I started taking drinks when I was young, real young, and now I'm in recovery. So, it, you know, not that I'm condoning it, but that's the way it is. So It is just the way it is. I know I, my whole high school life we could party at anybody's fucking house. It was always in the cellar. I don't know why. They didn't want you upstairs. But they're like, oh, you're down in the cellar. And then, um, you know, you could take a fucking keg down there and you party. And, and the parents would always say the same things. Hey, at least you're doing this and not on drugs. And I'm like, yeah, because we can't do both, you fucking idiots. We're tripping balls down here. <laughs> you just heard the entire fucking Pink Floyd catalog fucking played in a row. Why else would it be on? You can go downstairs, you see fucking 30 kids fucking just staring at the ceiling, no one talking to each other. So, yeah, consider yourself great. What's the big deal? Uh, David, you're on my face. Ronnie, you touched on the uh, uh, European cultures, and it's obviously Americans have no ability to grasp how to manage and how to teach about alcohol and proper use. But anyway, uh, Fezzi, you never took a sip of your dad's beer? My dad didn't drink. Oh, oh second generation. My mother and father, neither one drank. There just wasn't any stuff in the house. They were religious folk. Very religious, yeah. Got it from my grandparents, who also did not drink. And then they must be freaked out with you uh, turning your back on God. You're an atheist now. Yeah, they don't know that. But... Yeah, they, that would freak them very much. That would really freak them. That might be even actually get them to start drinking in their lives. Would that be worse than the other secret? I think yes. I guess either way you're going to hell. What's the difference? They both are godless acts, really. Yeah. Oh, honey, what have we done wrong? Our sunskin's going to burn off forever. I'm telling I, you right now, this is Bill Walton has me ready to join a church. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Church of Jerry Garcia. Captain Trips. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, when you listen to Fish, are you embarrassed about how they're not as good as the dead? <laughs> they have, they're different. I wouldn't say they're worse than. 
But sure, the dead's more respectful. <laughs> Respectable. Trinastasio isn't respected at all, I think. I mean, he's technically a fantastic guitar player, right. but no one, no one fucking takes him seriously. The lyrics get too nutty. Yeah, because they have a um, this uh, computer programmer write all their lyrics. He's a co-writer with uh, Trey. And it's all just crazy bullshit. It is. It's just nutty. Like his fucking, his college thesis was it's like four or five songs. <laughs> this is whacked out. What college was that? Where'd he go? MIT? <laughs> <laughs> what are He's you doing? He's a particle doing? physicist. <laughs> what are you doing? Why would you hand these songs in, you lunatic? <laughs> um, you know what's really weird, too, with him here? I was just listening to a, a bunch of dead last week because when I get in the mountains, I always put on the fucking dead. It's the nice. weirdest thing. I can't get out of it. Well, it feels right to listen to it. Then. And I don't do it on purpose. <laughs> you know, I'm just like, this it's happens. not. Yeah, just like, <laughs> fuck, this is great all of a sudden, you know. Well, Jesus Christ. Well, there's no better show than a festival, I think. Even if it, even like even small clubs or whatever or stadiums, I think just suck. But there's nothing better than a festival. Just can't we love out. a festival. It's fucking great. I don't know what gets with you. Me and Bill Walton. I'll go to some shows with them. He rides his bike. You're gonna have to take that up. Uh, Chris, you're on Run a Fest. Hey, Ron. I got a spy report. Spy Let report. Let me hear that. Spy report. Spy report. Apparently, uh, Danielle Lanois is in uh, intensive care after a motorcycle accident. Oh, Jesus Christ. When did this happen, Chris? I don't know. It was posted on uh, Neil Young's uh, website. Wait a minute. You, you just go to Neil Young's website? Uh, it was on uh, Twitter, actually. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have Hicks look into it. That's our buddy, man. He's can yeah, cancel all upcoming tour dates. Motorcycle crash in L.A. this Saturday, past Saturday. Multiple injuries, but is expected to be released from intensive care soon. So he is in intensive care. Yeah. But he looks like he'll be all right. The fucker's a genius, man. Yeah, he's nasty. That guy's the man. Uh, you know, the motorcycle thing, as fun as it is to do, you it's like fucking playing craps just constantly. You know? Yeah, I've had buddies die. It's, fucking, it's fucked up. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, this is so much fun. And then just think of how many fender benders you've been in, like, in your regular life. How many times some asshole just pulls in front of you, but you're in a car and you're just like, fuck you. And a bike, the, that could be the end of everything. Yeah, yeah, done. I don't know how Roethlisberger fucking survived that ridiculous crash. He was because in. That he, was crazy. He kind of survived, but that might be the reason why he's a fucking <laughs> retard now. <laughs> Turned him into a rapist? He's fucking Gary Busey. <laughs> You know, all you are is like your brain chemistry. There's nothing else. That's some scary shit. You go over and fucking shake that like a martini, and God knows what's going to fucking come down. You could be like Bill Walton. You could be like fucking Roethlisberger. You don't know. <laughs> what if Roethlisberger started going to dead shows and <laughs> taking advantage of high I'm telling you. Running? I mean, obviously, you know, Roth, uh, Bill Walton, you could get on him for fucking being a little too positive, but <laughs> it's better than being too negative. Yeah. I'd rather hang around with a Jesus freak than some fucking guy. <laughs> Serious. I'd rather hang out with a Jesus freak than some guy who's just sad sacking wherever he goes. Yeah, it gets annoying after a little while. I actually got into this conversation. Would you rather hang out with a guy who's always, like, down on himself, like self-depreciating, self-deprecating, or always finding something wrong with somebody else and bitching about them? I'd rather hang out with the hater, the guy that just fucking hates on people, than just some guy just shitting on himself all the time. Because I'd feel like he wants me to 
tell him, no, it's going to be okay, you're the shit, whatever. See, that's the thing. A guy who's always talking about himself like that is a fucking narcissist. Because he wants you to fucking say to him, oh, no, you're not fat. Oh, no, you'll yeah. find a girl. You know what I mean? Like, can you fucking, for five seconds, stop thinking about yourself? I'd rather be with a guy who's like, service blows here. This fucking waitress is a whore. No, don't get me wrong. Both people are fucking annoying. But the, at least the one guy has some sense of self. Now, the interesting thing is when you have a friend like Fez, who's both. Oh. He's fucking down on himself, and then he acts like the rest of the world is fucking awful. And at one point, when he couldn't get the fucking salmon in here, he gave me the, it's Hicks. But he did Sorry. it so half-hearted, I knew it wasn't you. I knew he just was trying to get me to stop looking at him. And in the meantime, I'm being mauled by fucking Bill Walton. I like it loud, Ron. Well, it all worked out, though, at the end. Worked out. Love fest between you and that man. Hey, what can I say? Guy likes my fucking way I do my job. Well, I don't know. Maybe you're a little gay for Bill Walton. I think he's gay for me, actually. I think it's the other way around. Well, why wouldn't he be after that pixie picture of you went out? Either way, cute couple. He's only got like a foot on me. It's not that bad. Hmm. Where's his pants awful high, but I guess there's not much he can do. Uh, all right, Richard Simmons says you have to surround yourself with positive people. Yeah, but he would get on my nerves, too. I can't fucking constantly tell, have some guy around saying we need to be moving right now, and I'm putting the oldies on. I'd rather have fucking Walton coming in with that. He's still got all these big reel-to-reels of fucking dead shows <laughs> that he bought from Dick. <laughs> still rocking reel-to-reels. It would be fucking great. Why don't you come on over? I'm going to put on some reel-to-reels. It's great show fantastic. from 71. You got it here. That's the fucking funniest. You need to really hear this version of Stella Blue. Oh, yeah. Really? This one? Yeah. This Some is the point. one. And then if you try to shh, shh. All right. This is a solo. You know he only had nine fingers, right? Yeah, I do know that. You better win this fish contest. I'm going to try. I'm going to throw it out there. Lee Mills is the man, though. You know I get this. it. I know. He sounds very confident. And in honoring him, would you uh, cut off your sleeves that day? That day? Sure, yeah. I'll cut yeah. the sleeves. <laughs> sure. Okay. Fez, would you? Sure, I'll do that. Now? <laughs> I'll get scissors. Getting scissors in honor of Dave. All right, hold on. Oh, wait, I could get it on YouTube. There's a video. You know what was really funny? Um, Walton had two uh, PR people with him. And I just saw their heads back. They're just like... <laughs> <laughs> so they looked so exhausted. They looked just like... Ah, uh, look at that. Davy Mac. Seriously, I can't even look at him right now. I know he's got a new uh, Twitty up. I couldn't even go look at it last night. Want to give a look now? Was it good? I didn't see. I saw the one he did Saturday, but I had not seen if he's done the new one. That, you see the LT one? Yeah, that was funny. Davy <laughs> <sighs> Mac. I came and said, look, it's too much. Look at him. Small mouth, man. 
He is. He doesn't have a very big mouth at all. I just bought my Powerball and Mega Millions lotto tickets. Ooh. So I'm in good shape. Though I can't parallel park for shit. It's Jersey. You shouldn't have to parallel park. I don't get it. We can just play the Ninja's video. I can't sit and look at it at all. I'll start to right. feel bad. Okay. I'll get that off there. I know that he would have been highly opinionated about that last bit that I brought up, so I've already missed that. All right, let's take a break here. Go ahead, Hicks. you got plenty of time. That Hicks has stepped up, hasn't he? Pixie's right. He's the most adorable young man in the world. Last night I was sitting around with the grills and we were just talking about how, how fucking great Hicks is. And I got so excited, I got up and started doing this. Where my girls at? Where my girls at? Where my grills at? Where my grills at? That fucking song could be about Hicks. It's that good. I loves it. Davey Mac brought that in? Yep. Sends me on Facebook. All right, let's take a break here. When we come back, uh, we'll play some dad and just try to get that Bill Walt moment for ourselves. Nice. All right. Ron Fez Show. You're listening to the Ron and Fez Show on the virus. Period 197, XM202. Uh, new at 7-11, it's the super refreshing Big Gulp and an exclusive super gift for your favorite online games. These are games like Mafia Wars. I'm only go to Chris's. Uh, Farmville and Yoville. And it's easy to, you just go to 7-Eleven, buy the specially marked Big Gulp Cup, fill it with your favorite soda, and you'll walk out with something even cooler. It's a code for an exclusive online gift. You know where the name 7-Eleven comes from? No, I don't. That used to be their hours. Oh, okay, makes sense. I always call it 18. It seems like it's like 7 minus 11. Like they're trying to get into negative numbers. Interesting. I never even thought of it that way. The dash throws you off. Mm -hmm. So these are online codes for these games like Mafia Wars. I only go to Chris's game. Where you can get stuff. You can get weapons there. And the Mafia Wars Trio Diva vehicle to help to defend your mafia against your rivals. You also get things for Farmville like the Big Splash Pool. And stuff for Yoville. They have the hamburger stand code available. This is all with the purchase of a Big Gulp. That's where you get the exclusive codes and only from 7-Eleven. This is open to legal residents of the U.S. and Canada, excluding Puerto Rico and Quebec. You must be 13 years or older to participate. Visit uh, buyearnplay.com for full terms and conditions. Void where prohibited, while supplies last. Only at 7-Eleven. The Ron and Fez Show. The virus on Sirius XM.
See if we can't lure Bill Walton back into the studio. <laughs> I have a blasting outside. <laughs> All right, here's an idea. Why don't we just open up a dead bar instead of like a hard rock and just be dead stuff? That'd be awesome. There's a fish bar in Vermont. Is there really? Yeah. What are we waiting for? I, you know, I, I was talking about this with a friend the other night. And it's, to me, it seems like it's simple to open a great bar, and it's then it's so rarely done. You know, all the stupid ideas that they try with bars, and it's rare that they pull off a really fucking good one. Yeah, it's like a fucking chemical reaction that needs to happen. Yeah. But you think it's just you need a room and some booze and some good music, but that's just not, that's not it. Well, it is true that, I mean, it is so rare to find a good jukebox in a bar, and it's fucking essential. It's essential to have a great jukebox in a bar. You definitely have to have Sinatra on your jukebox. You gotta have Allman Brothers on your fucking jukebox, or why do you have a fucking jukebox? And you need to find... A jukebox that doesn't have just the hit songs. If you're in a bar and you just go slightly deep on any album, everybody's fucking happy. Yeah, no, everyone's afraid to deep track it now. These right. Days. 
But the problem is it's down there. It's all these internet jukeboxes in bars where you just download songs for like $2 or whatever. Right. And that's given people, I think, almost too much choice. And So you want to still kind of limit to it because here's the kind of music you're listening exactly, to. Exactly, yeah. You just need to have good taste and make right. the right choices and keep it as just old school regular jukebox. All right. I like the idea of that, that you just don't, just because some fucking idiot comes in there and wants to hear Genie in a bottle doesn't mean everybody in the fucking bar has to suffer through it. And again, for the same reason, I think, yes, you have to have Rolling Stones, but you don't necessarily need satisfaction. Oh, brown sugar. Brown sugar, okay, maybe, but you definitely need something like fucking Sweet Virginia on your fucking jukebox. And then you got everybody going, this is a great fucking bar. Yeah, that's, it, it, it all it could take is one song. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, obviously, and if you'd like to jump into this, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, we're agreed on the jukebox, though. Yeah. Well, also, um, I was at a, a bar in my neighborhood that just opened up called Cans, uh -huh. and it's a complete, utter ripoff of Hooters. There's it's, tons of those. It's crazy. I never, I haven't been to one. Yeah. I've only been to Hooters, but it's just insane how they, cause it's fucking license plates on the walls and hubcaps. Yeah, I, enough with the fucking license plates on the walls. You don't fucking need that thing. It's uh, the worst. We'll get to the bar, uh, to the walls. But also, you need a wooden fucking bar. Hell yeah. An old wooden fucking bar. Period. You need a bar where a man can fucking sit up there and feel like he's in the right spot. Now, this is important. You need a pool table in your bar. What about darts? A darts is okay. It's a little fucking straight, but you do need a fucking pool table. Yeah, it's something everyone, I think, can rally around. You know, it's something everyone's going to want to play when they're a little fucked up or whatever. Let's play a fucking game of pool. Uh, let's go over here to uh, Dr. X, Mexico City. How you doing, Ronnie? Yeah. Uh, yeah. The problem with opening up a, uh, a bar is two things. you got to either make money or, or please yourself here. And, and as far as the jukebox goes... You play some badass deep track that you're really into, some old school James Brown or something, and no matter what, you got that one ass that goes, oh, this guy thinks he's cool because he's playing James That's Brown. That's right, motherfucker. Get out. This bar is not for you. To be a decent fucking business, you have to stop trying to please everybody. And you got to put a time limit on it. My best friend uh, opens bars left and right, and uh, he's, he's exactly right, man. Open it for six months, see if it hits. And not sell the motherfucker or open a gay bar. They always make money. Well, yeah, but then you're fucking, you're fucking uh, dealing. Ew. You know what I'm saying? Punch it out. Uh, Jarrett, Ron and Fez show. You're on Ron and Fez. I love this topic, guys. There's a bar in uh, Fort Lauderdale Beach called the Treasure Trove. has the best jukebox in America. And you know this because the first Rolling Stone song you pull up is Can't You Hear Me Knocking. Oh, yeah, I like you that. You know you're a good bar. Right. Let's go just slightly deep. It doesn't have to be fucking annoying, but it's got to be like, oh, I love this song deep and enough. I haven't heard it in a long time. It's deep enough.
Mike, Mikey, you're on the Run of Fez show. What's up, Ronnie? Hey, uh, how about Skinner, man? You put some Skinner on the juice box, you lose out. All right, but you want to stay away from fucking Freebird. I'm, yeah, for Skinner, no. I'm going to go the ballad of Curtis Lowe. I'm going to exactly. fucking leave it right there. You know what I'm saying? I hear you, brother. Uh, because it can get a little fucking annoying if, if you come in and every time some fucking person comes in, they're playing fucking Freebird again. Or Sweet Home. I mean, Jesus Christ, how many times? And the Bon Jovi never stops. And yeah, there will be no Bon Jovi in our bar. never fucking not, stops. Not our fucking bar. That's why they say never say goodbye. Because? Because it's never going away. Mm -hmm. It's true. This little kid loved this old black man. He was crazy about him. Down to the country store. me. Give my money to a man named Curtis Lowe. Oh, Kurt was a black man with white curly hair. When he had a fifth of wine, he did not have a care. He used to own a note bro, used to play across his knee. I give old Kurt my money. Maybe we're going to open up a bar, Hicks. That's awesome. All right. Um, you know this um, this place, Cans, that you're bringing up? Yeah. Dizzy Peach works there. Really? Yeah. <laughs> now, is she a bartender or is she a waitress? She's bringing the cans. You should have gone inside and stayed longer, Hicks. I did. All right, now we're being told there's a dead bar in Portland. And now you're telling me Mooch is moving to Portland. Yeah, he's yeah he's looking at fucking moving to Portland. Yeah, yeah. I might be my move eventually too. Yeah, I want to get somewhere else. Considering Northwest though, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I might do Northwest. I definitely don't want to go to Seattle. I need like a, enough, like I'm close enough to the country, but I gotta have some city living. Bong water it up. Grow some might weed. Be onto something. Uh, Dan, Toronto, you're on Run Fez. Hey, buddies. Yeah, I, uh, makes a good bar is having uh, some salty snacks available. And since you can't do peanuts, the popcorn machine seems to be the, the best thing going. They actually have a machine? Like oh, an yeah. old-fashioned popcorn machine? Yeah, and self-serve. You go over a little plate, a little bowl, grab a scoop, and go back to your pitcher and your buddies. Uh, this is interesting. It's disappearing, though, the snacks of the bars. Yeah. Well, it's because, like you said, you can't fucking put peanuts out because for some reason half the country dies when they eat a fucking peanut. I don't know where, when peanuts became made out of fucking radium, but it's become a pain in the ass. <laughs> oh, there's a bar um, in uh, Williamsburg that's a free pizza with every pint. I heard of that fucking place. Terrible I, pizza. I heard it's terrible pizza, but it's filling. Pretty much, yeah. There, uh, but here's the interesting thing. Not a person in Brooklyn hasn't been to that fucking bar. 
So did you hear about it? Like, holy shit. <laughs> what? <laughs> they give it out what for fucking drinking? Hell Fuck yeah. yeah. See, if you can last long enough in the bar, the food will eventually taste good. Uh, Skid Mark, you're on Fez. Hey, boys, what's going on? Yeah. Hey, a uh, long time no here. Hey, uh, every bar in the South has a bike night. Every fucking bar. It's usually Thursday and Saturday. And it brings the bikers in by the hundreds. Yeah, but here's the thing. Do you really want a bar that fucking caters to the elderly? Because yeah, nobody is riding a fucking bike anymore that doesn't have gray hair. Uh, Richie, Marilyn, you're my fez. Hey, what's up, Mr. B? Hey, man. Miss uh, Davy Mac. Um, I uh, came across this really cool little place when I was down in Bonton, Louisiana, called Merlots. Really cool little place, wood bar, good jukebox, fantastic. Uh, I, yeah, I've never heard of the place, but I like the sound. I like the sound. What's happening here? Uh, Dan and Maine, you're on Fez. My favorite jukebox in the bar isn't too far from you guys, and I know Hicks has been there. It's uh, Jimmy's Corner. Um, lots of old school soul and R&B and blues, and it's just fantastic. And I love the idea of uh, you you got to say your bar isn't for anyone. Oh, yeah. Definitely. And that that place does have, is the shit with their uh, fucking jukebox. It's a dive-ass dive. And you got to be able to say, all right, if I see some fucking guy that's in here and not being fucking cool, I want him out. I don't want some okay. fucking guy who's going to fucking deliver fucking stupid pickup lines to girls. He's done. Uh, Dan, you're on Fez. Dan, we got you, buddy? Uh, let's go over here to uh, Patrick. Patrick, you're on Fez. How you doing, buddy? Yeah. Uh, I live in a little college town, and there's about probably like 20, uh, 12 places to eat and drink. They all have 99-cent pizza, and it's all dog shit. And every bar, it's never consistent. It's always different. Well, yeah, they're fucking feeding drunks, and they're drunk themselves, and it's just a shitty gimmick. They're all just the defrosting. Tabasco on every table, so people just pound Tabasco on all the pizza. What? Yeah, you know it must be good if you need Tabasco with it. <laughs> and, the parm and that shitty Parmesan cheese? Yeah. That's terrible. And But, you know, College Town, we love it. Uh, people at College Town, they're already eating fucking Roman uh, fucking noodles. Oh, College bars are just so fucking bad. I must have said they were eating ro Roman numbers. I went from ramen noodles to Roman numbers. I'm like, what the fuck kind of weird place is this? You sit down and eat yourself a V1. Fancy, <laughs> I made a mistake. I'm a dick. It's okay. I'm stupid. It happens. I'm stupid. No, you're not. Stop it. No. His name is Jay. His name is Jerry. I got it wrong. Uh, Fez was coming out of the bathroom. I gave you a fucking shove. You took off. Yeah. It What's happening to your sense of balance? It was. I was off balance when you gave me a shove, and I just kept going. I thought you were joking at first, and then I saw you bounce off of fucking off the fishbowl when people were in there jamming. I thought I was going all the way down. Hey, uh, we're doing Pauly Shore tomorrow at 3 o'clock. There might be a chance to get an extra ticket or two. Go over to 202 Friends if you want to come back in for an Unmasked with Mr. Pauly Shore. Pauly Shore is going to be going over his crazy fucking childhood of basically growing up in the uh, 
uh, are just surrounded by comics at the comedy store. And we're talking about, you know, the greatest fucking comedians of all time worked the uh, comedy store when he was a little boy. Then, of course, he blew up, went on MTV. The Totally Pauly thing was giant, got a bunch of uh, movies, and then... Weasel. Yeah. He's caveman! Uh, so that should be interesting. Should be a lot of fun. Uh, let's go over here to uh, Carl. Carl, you're on my fez. Hey, uh, Ron, I just want to see what your uh, take is on um, dress codes at bars. There's no dress code at a bar. You're talking about a nightclub. No, no. I'm saying, like, people coming in with, like, the cutoffs and the, you know, I'm just... Yeah, I don't give... Where, where, you're calling from Florida, right? But now he's gone. He's fucking panicked. But he's calling from Florida, and he's acting like he doesn't want to see people's knees. Yeah, and not, at some bars in the city, there are fucking dress codes, like no hats and no hoodies. It's They're not clubs. They're actually just bars. Well, I'll, It's fucked up. They're trying to keep out you-know-what. Yeah. They call them undesirables. You can't wear a fucking baseball cap in New York. Some guy told me to cut my hair before I can come in. Look, we're going to have one fucking rule, and that's no bleeding at the bar. You go out and bleed in the fucking parking lot like the shot dog that you are. Don't be bleeding all over our fucking bar here. What if they go in the bathroom, though? No one wants to mop that up. Uh, why not? Oh, the bloody bathroom? I say we have a retard with a mop at all times. <laughs> Always ready to go. He'll constantly be in there trying to clean it when the line's, when the line's there. Will there be a bathroom attendant? Yeah, Watley. Here's your paper towel. How am I going to do key bumps then? <laughs> Would you get fucking four guys together in the same fucking toilet? Fucking egg, eight legs in there like a giant fucking spider taking a shit. This isn't weird or suspicious at all. Yeah. What are you going to do? What are you going to fucking do? Uh, let's go, Bill. Bill, you're on the fence. Hey, Ron, you sound high, wide, and handsome today. What can I do for you? Uh, to make a great bar when I'm in there and I hear some fucking Jay Giles give me must have got lost or looking for a love. I, yeah, yeah I you like the pound. singles, don't you, my friend? Well, not in our bar. We're going to do So Sharp. That's where the fuck our bar comes down. You crazy bastards. I'm not sitting around fucking, you know, it's not American Idol. I'm not going to give you all the hits. But it'll be like the time ago. Sitting at the chateau, my mama. Watching everybody do the slow grab. But then came a woman. A ragged MB. She walked in on me, yes, she did. She really made a mess of me. Here's a good part. It's time. Time here, man. Feds. Hey, boys. I think uh, I think the bar needs uh, some dice or some cards and maybe some checkers and some dominoes. Yeah, but, you know, like, here's the thing. You want to have old Cubans come into your fucking bar, that's for you. You know what I'm saying? Why don't you just set up a fucking bingo table? 
That's just too much. It's, it's a social place. The dominoes would go across the fucking room. They're going to get lost <laughs> and covered in booze. I don't know people fucking rolling dice and fucking losing their house. We're trying to have a relaxing place here. Well, you know, a place of CeeLo. Here's Dan. You're on Ron and Fez. Hey, Ronnie, uh, you got me? Yeah, I got you. What's up, man? Um, sound like a million bucks. What can I do for uh, you? Gunther's Northport. Uh, Kerouac hung out there in the end of his days. He, uh, in his old alcoholic days, but the, car, the bar's a piece of shit, but I love hanging out there just because I know he, uh, you know, stayed in the place, man. And it's uh, nothing nice about it. Shitty, you know, nothing nice about the place at all, but just knowing that he was there. I thought he died dead in Florida, though. I I really thought it was the end of his days where uh, he stayed with his mother in Northport. No, he stayed with his mother in St. Petersburg, Florida. Really? Wow. No. So you're drinking. You know what you're doing? You're fucking drinking at some goddamn sh uh, shopping center bar. The Saint Kerouac <laughs> died here on the table. He's uh, he definitely stayed in the place, my friend. Okay, enjoy yourself. Just because they put up a plaque, you know, you can fucking wiki this. You can Wikipedia the whole fucking gimmick. I thought, like, Wiki down D.C. <laughs> I'll call Wiki. He's got fucking answers to everything. He's oh. always got a laptop with him. And then he goes to Wikipedia. That's why he's called Wiki. He was the first one ever to find it. What up? What up, Lord? I don't even get what you're talking about here. I don't even know what's going on. Uh, let's go over here to George Austin. You're on fest. Hey, Mr. Ronnie B., what's up? What do you say? Hey, um, we got a badass place over here in Austin, Texas, GNS Lounge. And uh, if anybody knows his name's Jimmy, we call him the Beer Nazi. We, uh, and we, uh, well, what he does is he'll tell people to get the fuck out of his bar if he orders a domestic beer. So we'll take friends from out of town and tell them to go buy us around the Bud Lights and watch him get his ass chewed out and tell them to get the fuck out of the bar for order domestic. Fuck that! Why? Why, hey, why can't I fucking? Place. Why Let can't I light if I fucking want to? This fucking this hicks is from hey, the United States of America. Place. You gotta keep the selection down, right? What? I'd be glad to drink at any bar in, in fucking Austin that didn't have some kid fucking with a folk guitar singing in the corner. That'd be a fucking relief for me. What's the scene though? And now we're going to Sweet Virginia, because I fucking, you know, I don't know why Bill, Bal Bill Walton brings up a fucking song. He hears it imme immediately. Ronnie B. finds himself fucking just with his nose pressed up against the bakery store window, looking at everybody else having a bear claw.
is going to be at our bar. going to be our whole bar right there uh let's go over here to chris chris new york and run a fest what's up ronnie b hey. uh, i got a good boss for you man rudy's in manhattan 44th and 9th to give you free hot dogs at every beer you buy htg tried to get dave and hicks there forever and it's too far for them to walk when they got a powerful thirst basically yeah 
That's uh, that was the exact fucking thing. Ninth Avenue. Whoa. Ninth Come Avenue freeze-out is what you found, f fucking found yourself in. There's no way to get around it. You could have come back with pockets full of hot dogs for the trip back. Oddly enough, I was at a Pogue show with Dave, and he had a hot dog in his pocket. True story. I saw him one night. He came into a place. I uh, had a hamburger in his pocket. And while we were talking, he would just take it out and nibble on it. He fucking eats like a little desert rat. And then the next day he said to me, he goes, God, it's a fucking crazy night. I woke up, a hamburger was all fucking stayed through my coat and my uh, shirt. He, uh, in the office, he found a, uh, his, one of his children's shoes in, in his fucking pocket. <laughs> you really Did had he that? eat her? I hope not. Uh, look who it is. It's the blowhard. Blowhard. Just a vision of Bill Walton dancing to the dead in your place. It's so weird. That would have made my year just to see that. that it was the stranger. Someone went on a while. I swear to God, great interview, by the way. You know, I was thinking I about you. I really box. didn't do much. I, I know, hit the on button. Yeah, well, that's him. He's, he's a great storyteller, Walton. He always he? was. And uh, he can go, you know, even back to the political active days when Wood and him would bump heads over the Vietnam War. But, you know, talking jukeboxes, how great was that five songs for a quarter? And then, you know, you, got, you have a bar. All you need is a great jukebox. You don't need crappy pizza. You don't need bar games, drinking games. All you need is a great jukebox. And Lord, do you miss balls. the 70s at all? Hmm? Do you miss the 70s? You know, I certainly do. Even mm. the 60s, for that matter. But the one thing that's disappearing, and it's really disturbing me, is your classic American diner, the greasy spoon that had the jukebox in each booth. When you go there like 4 or 5 in the morning and you can just flip through the pages of the selections and you'd be pouring money in and you'd wait like three hours for your song to come on, the diners don't carry the jukeboxes anymore and it's just very disturbing. Everything's ruined, isn't it? I would say pretty much, yeah, when it comes to the world of jukeboxes. And speaking of jukeboxes, probably the best jukebox I remember uh, was in the 70s, was circa 78, 79, was uh, CBGB's great jukebox when the bands would stop playing they'd plug that sucker in it would just rock the house one of the best jukeboxes ever if i could would you pick it. wild thing every single time <laughs> hey can't beat the trogs when you know you're hanging out it's very true you can't beat them but um at a jukebox it's, it'll never be the same because now you go in you got the mp3 and you can just it's just all gone and the five songs for a quarter and and it was great because your local dive, Christmas time, you would see the songs with the green on it. That means they changed and put in some crappy Christmas songs. They would add St. Patrick's Day songs around St. Patrick's Day, the Irish music. It was always just such a simple time, Ronnie B. Just you put your quarter in, maybe it was 10 cents a song. And now it's just so damn complicated to dig on some music when you're getting your buzz on. And the thing in Brooklyn about the free pizza and all these hipsters drinking Pat's Blue Ribbon, go fuck yourself. What's wrong with PBR? No, it used to be <laughs> a low-rent beer. but they, It still is. Let right, him, let him have his hip. time. They make it hip to be drinking low-rent beer. Grandma, low beer Saturday I'm going to drive you over to Aunt Mary's house. Low-rent beer is for low-rent people, and I'm proud of that. And I'm also proud of domestic beer. Mm. Fuck these guys who want to drink these foreign beers. There's nothing wrong with American brew. Except for Peps. Exactly. Well, when it's become a hip, hipster icon, it just... It's sick I think they drink it because it's cheap. I don't think so. I think you got to pay a premium in these places for that type of shit. They want to be retro. And, you know, I think Dennis Hopper brought it back, God rest his soul, with the uh, Blue Velvet line, you know? Yeah, he didn't win Heineken. That's right. Pap's Blue Ribbon. All right, Blowhard. Talk That's to you soon, buddy. Well.
Actually, PBR just got sold for like three hundred million dollars to another brewing company, and it was in the, it was doing nothing. Whatever, fucking ten years ago, and now people are worried that hipsters won't drink it because it got sold. Now it's like selling out. Shakers yeah. has to be excited. I miss Rheingold. What about a nice rolling rock for everybody? Sit down, fucking roll that rock. I was drinking Iron City over the weekend. I sure you were, motherfucker. What'd you do? Did you leave your apartment the entire time that you're on vacation? Well, I got killed the track that one day, but then I just stayed in the fucking uh, apartment cleaning for the rest of the have vacation. Have you ever had a good day at the track? I, I have them fucking occasionally, but I've been on a bad run. Bad run for the last that, uh, season. That means good times are coming. Oh, yeah, I'm, sure, I'm sure they are. You're getting so bad, you're starting to watch it on TV. Oh, yeah, sometimes we'll throw on the Belmont 30 <laughs> on, like, I guess, New York TV or some shit. Get all the races, nice 30 minutes. Uh, Jared, Tampa, you're in Montefez. Hey, buddies, how's it going? Yeah. Uh, two things. One, shuffleboard and bars. I don't know how you guys feel about that, but I love walking into a bar. And I like shuffleboard, yeah. I think it's a good call. Apache. All right, second thing. World Cup's coming up. Starts on Friday morning, Saturday, USA versus England. Biggest game in the history of the United States. It is. And then also we have Soccer A 2010 just happened in England, where England plays the rest of the world celebrity team. Who scored the game-winning goal for us? Woody Harrelson. Check out the video, just Woody Harrelson, penalty goal into YouTube, and you'll find it. Great video. Who else played in the uh, in the game for the celebrities? Uh, a bunch of people were there. Mike Myers was one of the guys. Uh, I forget who overall, but it was a funny game, and Woody Harrelson scoring the game-winning kick is hilarious. All right, man. We'll check it out. Thanks. Take it easy, buddy. Peace. Why don't we take a little break here? Uh, Fez, you said you had something on your mind? Yeah, uh, there was something on my mind about minor phobias. That's unusual for you. You sit around and talk about phobias? Mm-hmm. I'm interested to hear this. Is oh, poor Hicks. He didn't know. Uh, does that have to do with the sun going down? Um, no, that's a major phobia. Oh, really? That's a major one. That's you... one that actually gets in the way of things. So every night you're scared when the sun goes down? Oh, yeah. I was like, uh, I was trying to balance the light in the house with the sun going down outside my window yesterday. So I was trying to just keep it, everything lit. Cause like when that... I'm very confused about this because yesterday you told us I have to get home when the sun's going down because I could get that awful call. Mm -hmm. But you even you get upset at your house that you think somebody could call you on the street? Yeah, this is something that is uh, uh, like another layer to it. Now it's just seeing the sun going down is affecting me. I'm wondering if when it does go down, what's to say it'll ever come up again? We don't know. We don't know for sure. There's nothing in our history that says that it does. So, yeah, that's become a major one. So I was thinking of, like, the minor ones where you just, you plow through. I mean, they don't affect you as much. They're not going to destroy your life, but they're still there. You're dealing with right. it every day. Why don't we talk about it when we, when we get back? Believe it or not, Fe folks, Fez has some little phobias. He's not always the easygoing, happy, carefree guy that you hear here. Ron Fez Show. You're listening to the Ron and Fez Show on the virus. Period 197, XM202. Famous-smoke.com. That is the place where you can go online to buy your cigars and avoid the skyrocketing cigar prices that you find in cigar stores everywhere now. It's gotten ridiculous, Fez. I was just talking about this yesterday. I go into a place uh, while I was up in the mountains. 
And the guy's going to move a cigar store, and I'm like, uh, what happened? 80%. He says he's being taxed. 80%. That comes back to me. Ronnie B's got to pay that tax. Can't happen anymore. So you can avoid that by going online at famous-smoke.com. They've got millions of cigar brands there and at rock-bottom prices. Well, I was also going over this, Fez. I was looking at their website after talking to you, and I ordered just some of their house brands. They have a famous brand for themselves. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to give a review on here of how well they are because they came in. It's super cheap. Super cheap. If you're used to paying cigar prices like what's been happening here for the last year or two, it's gotten insane if you want to enjoy a cigar. Here's a way to beat it. Go online for it. Famous-smoke.com. Right now they got a deal going on where if you buy, if you place an order over $50, you get $10 off that order. Here's the interesting thing. I can't go to a cigar place in New York City and buy two or three cigars that is not over $50 now. $50 for like three cigars. So, yeah, any deal I can get, any break, that's great. Now I'm looking at their prices they're like 40-50% less than what I'm paying in the city, which has gotten insane. I might have to I might just find myself standing outside my mailbox waiting for my cigars to come in the mail. From famous-smoke.com, some of the cigar brands even qualify for free shipping. So there's savings on top of the discount. That's the one I want. The, on top of the discounts you're already getting there. Discount upon discount. So it's uh, for every order over $50, get $10 off. Just enter the promo keyword cupcake at famous-smoke.com. That's cupcake. You go there, it's a great Father's Day gift, too. Famous-smoke.com, where the discounts are smoking. The Ron and Fez Show. The virus. Serious. XM. You know you make me wanna stop. kick my heels up and down. Throw my hands up and down. Throw my head back and down. Come on now. Don't forget to say you will. Don't forget to say yeah, 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 yeah. Say you will. Say it right now, baby. Say you will. Come on and come on. Say you will. Say that I yeah. Come on now. Say that you love me. Say that you need me. 
That's uh, rest in peace, peace to um, uh, Marvin Isley, one of the uh, famous Isley brothers, uh, played bass for them. All right, 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. When you last joined us, Fez Watley shocked the remaining members of the Run and Fez show as he told us that he has phobias, both major and minor. Um, these are phobias that I'm sure that you haven't brought to our attention before. Right, where a minor phobia... It's not something where it's going to have me going into a panic attack, like getting on a plane or trying to drive over a bridge. I think I'm going to try to guess this about your minor phobias. Okay. Uh, that your skin is going to tighten up and choke you to death, your own skin. No, I, I hadn't thought of that one until now. What about uh, this? As you sleep, something gets in your nostrils and you suffocate. Again, I hadn't thought of that one until this very moment, but I'm sure I'll think about it tonight. You sit down too hard and your eyeballs pop out? No, that's not one. Mm. No. I did hear something about you from uh, the new interns, and they don't believe that you're wiping good enough. There was some talk of you smelling like shit. From the brand new interns? Yeah. Yeah, Toby said uh, he's kind of like, like doo-doo. But he said, dude, he's so young. I know. I guess he's still using words like that. Well, he wanted to be respectful. Yeah, well, he is. What school that, is he on an internship from? A daycare center? Let's not run down other people's ship pants. Do do you. <laughs> you do do. It was more like it, motherfucker. All right, what are your minor, minor phobias, Fez? Now, oddly enough, you did bring up shit. And that is, I have a minor phobia. I am going to overflow the toilet. With shit? With shit, with toilet paper, 
with any flush, I fear that the thing is going to get stopped up and start overflowing, and I'm not going to get it to stop. Well, you don't shit outside your home, right? No, I don't. So you own a plunger, correct? I own several plungers. I own... In case they don't start working? Yes, I have different shape plungers, different kinds of plungers, and lined up ready to go in my bathroom in case such emergency happens. You have a snake, too? I don't have the snake. I didn't know they were available. They I are have... available. I have plenty of Drano, like the big gallon jugs of Drano, and a lot of times I'll just pour some down the toilet, even if there's not a stoppage. Precautionary. You yeah. take a precautionary Drano. Exactly, because I, I feel like I can almost get the feel of my toilet of when it's going to start backing up. Mm. All right, so yours is, I'm sure you saw Dumb and Dumber, and that was just like frightening to you. Yeah, it's it's, and so it's very few pieces of toilet paper go in between flushes. Mm -hmm. So just to make sure everything isn't just bottlenecked in there. Right. So how many times do you flush while you shit? This is constant. It's a lot. Uh, Kevin Houston, you're on Fez. Hey, uh, Fez, do you have a uh, phobia of vaginas? And penises, oddly enough. He's a ninety-year-old virgin. If you. All right, so you have more than just the uh, shit uh, thing? Uh, another minor phobia, when I'm washing the dishes and a knife. I know a knife is it, uh, when I'm washing a knife, mm -hmm. where I feel like it's going to go like right through the sponge and into my finger. And then into the toilet and overflow it? No, my knives don't go near anywhere near my toilet. Everyday nightmare, big girl? It tends to be. <coughs> But these are the minor ones. These yeah, are the it, ones I live through. It seems like a self-invented nightmare. Well, nobody want, wants their toilet just overflowing down into the apartment below them. You are absolutely correct about that. Yeah. But we don't find ourselves phobic about it. Um, what else you got? Um, uh, let's see. Uh, there's the also the um, uh, that the computer is going to break every time that I'm on it. Like if something starts to, like if something goes a little bit slow on it, where it's now, that's it, the computer's done. And I'm going to start seeing smoke come out the back of it. Uh, Greg in Boston, you're on Fez. Hey there. Hey, Fezzy, uh, if you, do you have PVC piping in your plumbing or is it copper? Because if it's PVC and you put Drano in it, it's just going to rot the piping away and you're just going to drain into your... The chances are uh, the edge of his building is PVC. I'm pretty sure he doesn't have copper. Uh, in that building. It's a newer building, right? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Kevin, you're on run Fez. Hey, guys. <laughs> Fezzy, you can't use Drano on a toilet. you got to read the bottle. That shit will back up, blow up right into your ass and burn the crap out of you. It's only for drains, like sinks. You can't use it on a toilet. It's still a drain, isn't it? No, it's not a drain. Drain is your sink and your, your bathtub, but a toilet is not a. It's not the same... Not the same trap in it. You read, read on the bottle explicitly says no toilets. Watch your ass, buddy. All right. Now that I know I can blow up my ass, this may move into major for minor. Well, don't you read uh, the bottle? Well, I read the bottle for the amount that you're supposed to put in. But you don't read the instructions of where it goes. No, I didn't then read that part. You're going to end up, I bet, rubbing it in your eyes and drinking because you don't fucking pay any attention. No, I just... I, Desi's uh, going over minor phobias with us right now. He's phobic about minors. 
uh, afraid that Miner's going to come up through his toilet and pick him in the asshole. No, this is that the toilet will overflow. Why don't you dab a little bit of Drano on a fucking wet nap there and just rub it on your asshole so you know that you're good and safe. I'm going to try to keep it off of my own drain. I have a feeling, Fuzzy. I know you always worry about meeting that certain someone. Mm -hmm. And obviously for the last couple of years you've talked about it a lot and you've taken zero steps to finding it. Um, I believe this. That there's someone out there, perfect for you, and that person will kill you one day. That person will lean over while you sleep and slit your throat. Well, that's not a good thought. And that day, we open our bar. All right, more of your minor phobias. Um, more minor uh, I don't like, I can't put a pen in my pocket that is a click pen. I can't go near the click pen. I'm worried about the ink loss. Yeah, these things are starting to fall into common sense. That one, uh, I don't think that you really need a pen in your pocket. That's why they make pocket protectors. You worry about you losing ink? Like, you worry about it? He worries that ink will ruin one of his fucking uh, Hawaiian shirts that he's been wearing. I think everything I own has ink stains on it. That's not ink, you fucking filthy bastard. Oh. With the escalator, I'm worried that it's going to jolt to a stop. That they're going to turn it off to work on it as I'm on it. Uh, Mike, Virginia, you're on the Fez. Hey, buddies. Hey, Fez, um, all these plungers that you have sitting around your place, um, are they made of rubber and shaped like cocks? Because they might not be plungers. They might be dildos. They are plungers. I have an army of plungers standing by. Butt plugs. Um, this plunger of yours. Take <laughs> batteries? No, it doesn't take batteries. Might be a dildo. Is it purple? Purple guy? No. Purple guy to plunger? No, it has a wooden stick. It's oh, not oh shit. It's not purple. You get how, splitters in your asshole. How deep are you trying to make that? All right, what else you got, Fuzzy? Um, let's see. Eating anything he's hard, I'm up. worried that I'm going to get my my teeth are going to shatter. I just been noticing that since the first one, the plunger one, all the rest of them were just totally made up. He's not worried about smoke coming out of the back of his fucking computer. I don't know. He freaks out whenever the computer fucks up here. What's he do? He gets really pissed, and then I have to fix it or get someone to fix it. Which I don't mind doing, but you gotta calm down, Fez. It's not it's, if you can't find the printer. What is he upset okay. about? It's every single day the computers break here. Every single day. Just takes a phone call. Hmm. IT that fucker, Fez. You should have an IT person with you at all times. They should actually keep a sleeping bag in that office to fix the broken computers, as they constantly go down. Um, Hustler uh, tells TMZ that it's all set to distribute yet another reality star in a sex tape. Uh, this one is one of the Jersey housewives. She's a mother of two. Uh, Danielle Staub, her name is. And um, she's with some fucking mystery man. They don't even know who the other guy is. Yeah, it's just a, it's just a fucking random dude that she was banging or whatever. It's... It's just another reality star with more sex tapes. I want to hear from anyone who tapes themselves having sex and doesn't think that it's not going to end out, out one day. It's just fucking crazy. 
every reality star now is that's like a step in their career now. It's like, all right, I, I got off my reality show. Now I have to release a sex tape from whatever two years ago. This is right up there with people for me that have fucking pictures of their fucking selves with a bong or chopping rails. Like, what the fuck are you oh, doing oh no. helping the prosecution? Is this your fucking job? You're working for the prosecution now? Making an easy case? Um, I have a friend. Every fucking picture of this person. Beer's up in the air. Beer. Like, and I'm like, oh, when did y'all have... When the, were, were, Was every picture of you taken when you were a freshman in high school? Who the fuck is excited about having a beer? Gotta rock the beer bong, uh, bong though. You know? <laughs> it's like fucking the shit's in your mouth fucking getting hammered. What if my toilet's flowing right now as I speak? And it's going into the neighbors of my shit because they're there. What gets into these fucking people, though? Everyone has those pictures, though, which is hysterical. They're all over Facebook or whatever. Yeah, Facebook is fucking ridiculous. Like Nico's sister. Oh, God. We had uh, one of our interns at the time, Nico. Uh, pictures of him, his sister. The guys go on and start looking at her. And she's just fucking partying in thousands of pictures. Yeah. Making out with... I would say the fucking Star Trek fucking Enterprise of fucking dudes. And women. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> fucking, you see it with white guys, black guys, Asian guys, Puerto Rican guys. A guy named Diesel. Diesel, some fucking bro. <laughs> Another guy called Mr. Miami. <laughs> well, any guy who's got a nickname like that is just like a fuck dog. He's just fucking banging your sister with a garbage dick. And videotaping it. You know, the whole thing with the girls on Facebook taking pictures of themselves, kissing other chicks, when they're not gay, is just, we've hit a fucking point. Well, they did this the other night uh, when they had the MTV Awards. They brought fucking, uh, I forget who the hell came out and did it, but uh, two women that you know aren't fucking gay together. To kiss. Oh, your fucking favorite brought. Oh, Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock was kissing Scarlett Johansson. Now, not for any fucking purpose did they even act like these two were doing anything. Let's take a look at it. So there's the audience clapping. And here they are looking at each other. And then finally, they kiss... Just for a second and stop. No reason whatsoever. And it's, I guess the, the real purpose now is we're turning on the guys. But women now act like it's the 1980s and they're in Florida. <laughs> All right? I they're fucking. On a boat. Yeah. They're on a boat in Florida. They take their tops off. They kiss each other for the fucking guys. Let me just point this out. If you start fucking kissing each other in front of guys like this, you better be ready to fuck. You gotta stop this constant cock teasing, ladies. Yes, that that was pretty corny. That fucking Sandra it was Bullock ridiculous. Shit. They weren't even into each other, and everyone's going crazy like they were. I hate MTV and their fucking audiences for all their award shows. It's just so fucking infuriating. They do watch. blow up. They get fucking crazy. How how they how are they getting these people so excited for such shit? They're, uh, they're children. Oh. <laughs> There's everything but fucking goop or whatever it is falling from the ceiling. They bring Bieber out. It's, it's Bieber like, fever. It's like the 
Well, he wasn't there for three hours, though. Uh, well, was. But it, it, the whole thing is like the Nickelodeon Awards, the Kids' Choice Awards. It really sucks. And really, it looked like she was kissing her boyfriend's, I mean, her, her fucking, like, son's girlfriend. Yeah, there was an age difference. sexy there, fucking. No. Yeah, she could be Scott Johansson's mother. Yeah, <laughs> which would actually be fucking, would be fucking hotter. But like it's just manhandling Scarlett Johansson's face. Well, Scarlett fucking asked for it. She came on stage and was like, I want to fucking kiss you because Ryan Reynolds isn't here. It's all fucking oh. made up. And Betty White was on stage. I noticed that before. Why doesn't she fucking make out with Bombshell McGee if this is what she's into? <laughs> like the whole fucking point is, all right, we're all supposed to be mad at Jesse James for being a horn dog. And then she's doing fucking simulated fucking horn dogness. It's not real. I think she's gonna get back together with him. She should. They were perfect together. They have to raise that kid. It's they just gotta raise that kid. What 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 uh, is the nationality of this kid? Oh, African. Mm. No, my New Orleans maybe. I don't know. But New Orleans African. Yeah. <laughs> By way of New Orleans. He's a New Orleans American. I wouldn't mind getting myself a little African kid. Somebody could go down to the fucking. River, I'm coming back with buckets of water for me. Thanks. Thanks, clicky-click. I'll name you. Bing. Yeah, this is fucking played, ladies. Stop going for the cheap pop while you fucking kiss each other. I've had it with it. Just playing the lesbian card when it's for their advantage. I don't even think, like, that's considered being a lesbian. No. If you're just fucking, you know, I don't even think that would be a, a gay act. I mean, if you're just doing it to make the boys happy. Did you see those pictures of uh, Woody Harrelson making out with Jason Bateman or whatever during um, one of the, the first Lakers-Celtics game? Like, they're doing it for a joke because they're on camera? Well, they did this, the whole thing at MTV, did the same fucking oh, gimmick. Uh, yeah, the Russell Brand and his fucking buddies started kissing. Oh. I just saw the highlights. Well, you're missing it, my friend. <laughs> I'm missing out on Twilight fucking racking up man awards. Well, Twilight won, won a, a, every award, I believe. <laughs> but that kid from the uh, Parks and Recreation, the Indian kid, is fucking hysterical. Yeah, he's the shit. Yeah, because he acts 100% black. <laughs> he acts like he fucking grew up in South Central. And he's a fucking packy kid from the East Coast. Maybe he's going to make being fucking Indian hip. It could. It could happen, I guess. Why wouldn't it? Well, after Slumdog Millionaire. Slumdog fucking showed us the way. That fucking uh, that kid's just adorable. It's like MIA Indian or something? I, don't know. I can't fucking tell. I mean, for me, Indian is American Indian. I, even fu I fucking call India rip-off Apaches. I don't see them as being Indians, just because they're from India. Is this Woody Harrelson? This is Woody. He'll fucking right, let's it down. see it. Jesus Christ, they have enough fucking people there? Who's, who's in the goal? Oh, I can't talk Peter Sellers' kid? <laughs> a penalty taker is a little uncertain as to exactly what a penalty is. Against the great Jamie Theakston. Woody Harrelson. 
the victory in a soccer aid match comes virtue of Woody from Cheers. <laughs> and for all the heroics of Jamie he, he isn't big anywhere over there except for being Woody from Cheers. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? Are they just now getting Cheers? Well, if they are, they're lucky bastards. <laughs> they're in for a lot. They're, yeah, they're in for a ton of fun. <laughs> They're going to feel bad when Diane leaves, but then they're going to fucking start and love the fucking Nutrisystem girl when she was thinner. They can't imagine how much hair Woody's lost since uh, last Thursday's episode in this game. Who's the retarded kid in the bottom picture enjoying himself? Comedian James Corden? He's fucking hysterical. <laughs> that fucking act is the best. Uh, let's go over here to Oscar, Indiana. You're running Fez. Hey, Fezzy. Yes. Did I hear you say that you're afraid of being on the escalator and it'll just come to a stop? Yeah, they'll turn it off while I'm riding on it. Well, wouldn't that then just make them stairs? What'll happen is I'll get jerked to a stop and yeah. go. Oh, God. No, no, I mean, because I'll come. Uh, it'll, stairs. Oh. it'll stop suddenly and I'll go tumbling down. You're crazy, Fez. And I'll have a Gary Coleman moment down at the bottom of the stairs. Uh. Uh, people are writing in, Fez, that you don't have phobias, you have worries. Slight worries. That's what I said, minor phobias. Troubles. You're afraid of minors? You're afraid that the fucking mine's going to crash on you? I would never go in one. Never been down, like, in a cave or anything? Um, I tried the Ray Caverns one time. You just call it Ray now? Why, because it's fucking dark down there, you fucking racist? And decided to come back up. You left the group? Yeah. In the Ray Caverns? Yeah, I just didn't I didn't want to stay down there. I didn't know that they let people back up. So I just... I asked if I could go back up. I was down there, and there was a fucking cave-in. Really? No. How could there be a cave-in? It's something that they let fucking kids into. Frightening thought, though. It could go at any moment. We can cause one. I don't think so. Earthquakes are a dime a dozen anymore. Right, Sean writes and says, I love Fezzi, but do you think he's afraid to lose his phobias because he's afraid they're oh, the only things that make him interesting to us? Well, that's not true. We can still throw sticks at him. I guess that's Hold on, the elevator's here. What happened to your crazy stuff? I think he's gone for just a jingle now. Just a doorbell. Yeah, new phones. I, I had some crazy shit on the last one, but then I spilled a Pepsi on it. Someone just wrote to me. This is Matt, right? Play some Moon Age Daydream, sucker. I don't okay. think that fucking term has ever been used together. <laughs> I don't think Moon Age Daydream and Sucka have ever been used at the same time. Tomorrow we'll be unmasked with special guest Polly Shore here at the Sirius XM studios in the Fishbowl studio. Uh, still a chance if you want to go to 202friends on twitter.com, put in your request to be part of that audience tomorrow on Mass with Pauly Shore starting at 3 p.m. Make sure you can be in the city. You know what I'm going to try to do during the Unmass? Get himself, uh, start calling himself Paul Shore. Drop the E? Really? Hold on. 
be a rock and rolling bitch for you. There you go, sucker. You know, when you're talking about the African uh, kids, that's what uh, Paulie's new movie's about, going over and adopting an African kid. I definitely want to get one, because my kids are so white. Not very hip these days. It isn't hip, and it looks ridiculous to go places with them. The African kids are where it's at. You know what I was thinking about? Bill Walton being so crazy about music. Remember when we had Jabbar in and we had to play jazz for him the same way and he was just loving it? Oh, yeah. And they they were like, I think, back-to-back centers at UCLA. That when Jabbar left, he was Lou Alcinda then. I think Bill Walton was the next center. So I don't know what happened. I guess it's just a Cali thing. But they love fucking music out there. It's great to say, though. The passion and their yeah. craziness. Walton was asking me if I could uh, introduce him to Kathleen from from the Bronx, and I go, "Red hair, loves the dead. Just fucking be with yourself. What's the difference?" But then you, you heard that he loves uh, Bob Dylan and Neil Young too. Oh, he was dropping all of them. Yeah, yep. he's fucking. He was dropping classic rock bombs, one after another. He loved Old Man, too, for fucking... Uh, old it? Man, take a look at my life. I'm a lot like you were. Old Man, take a look at my life. Just fucking quoting on and on. Guy must have been amazing in school, just fucking constantly with the quotes. That puts a, you know... If I was the songwriter, like, hey, it wasn't supposed to be quoted like that. It was supposed to be sung. It's not a fucking poem. Because it gets a little fucking, you know. This is about me and John Wooden together, Ron. So much pain going through my body. Over. And I'm laying there. No friends. No nothing. Now, thank God, I'm able to help other people. And he's like, uh, he says, have you ever had that constant pain? Yeah, just for a minute, you know. Stubbed my toe before. I've been stung by a bee. Didn't fucking last like that. Imagine it going on forever. I'm at the top of a bridge, Ron, listening to the dead, Neil Young, Bob Dylan, all at the same time. What? How many, how many iPods do you have? <laughs> I had a, a a cherry water ice from Philadelphia that I had up there, just licking on it. Just being very specific about things. And now you want to ride a bike? You're fucking healthy again? Now you want to ride a bike 600 miles? How about fucking take a car? Yeah, come on. Take care of that spine. His pain metaphor just kept getting worse and worse about the vat of acid and your skin burning. It, it, you know, and then, anybody that's in constant pain, it's just the worst fucking thing that could happen to you. I mean, everybody will break under torture. Everybody. Jesus started to break under torture. Jesus is like, nope, done. 
And you're like, come on, dude, you're God. Why don't you just, if you can heal all this other stuff, heal your own wounds. I guess across is Jesus' kryptonite. Yeah, it's, it's something for him to bear. Everybody has a kryptonite, Fez. Mm-hmm. Superman's kryptonite was actually kryptonite, which is so fucking weird. This John Wooden, I used to call him on airplanes. I tried to give him an all-access pass to heaven. My wife stopped me and said, that's just ridiculous. Heaven's not a dead show. Dude, you're so high. My wife said to me, you're so fucking high right now. You don't even know what you're talking about. We're not even at John Wooden's house. We're at a fucking big boy. That's the kind of pain I was going through, Ron. Yeah, I've been through the same thing. One time I was cutting a grapefruit and someone squirted my eye. I can't fucking relate to you. But here's the deal. About your 900th fucking dead show, the spine's going to fucking come undone. This fucker's got a, a fucking neck like a stack of quarters. Let's hang out in the VIP side. It sounds like in the fucking Vip. pit. Mickey is such a lovely man. You fucking honestly, you ever think that like Garcia was like looking out of the curtain his trailer and going like this? Oh fuck, it's Walton again. Mickey, get out there. You're the one who let him in. If I could just for a moment talk to Jerry, my pack's killing me, and I know he could cure it with his guitar. And the whole time we did that interview, fucking Kathleen from the Bronx was just fucking tears running down her face, so happy. Keeping dead alive. Light a candle for where we're going. Some... Uh, Steve wants to talk to you first. Steve, go ahead. Hey, what's going on, guys? Hey, Fed. Mm-hmm. Uh, your escalator phobia was a reality for me when I was a kid. I was riding too close to the edge, had my Converse high tops right on the edge of the escalator as I was going down, and it sucked my leg right through the crack. And the mechanism got all caught up in my shoe. And I sat there for about an hour. I wasn't in any pain. And they had to pry the escalator off and then cut my shoe off to get my leg out. See, it happens. And it can happen on any day on any escalator. You it's, just don't know. It, I mean, it really doesn't. They're very safe now. I mean, obviously, you've got the old escalators like in the subway. Don't fucking get on those. Yeah, this this was probably in the early nineties that I yeah. Jordan right Martin now they're they're all been updated. Where are you and Walton going tonight? Hex, you fucking just grabbing a fucking uh fucking bowl of hash and fucking going out together? Might go camping maybe, you know. I think well, that's what he would like. Why does it feel so good to squeeze that fucking hash into a ball? Why can't you just leave it in this fucking natural state? I don't know. But it's nice to have that though. It is nice. And I've never once smoked hash with everybody that they didn't go, it's opiated. Yeah, I know. See those lines? Yeah, I get it. Let's just fucking stop talking about it. Let's fucking get down to business. I don't like to see yeah, I don't like to sit here and be a fucking chatty Kathy. I like to keep it quiet. I like to just have a fucking pair of headphones with no wire. Just to fucking stop me from fucking talking to fucking weirdos. You get fucking high enough, you put up with anything. Fucking free. Yeah, exactly. I don't know how many times uh, 
you know, doing rails with some fucking dudes because it's his. I had to say, no, I tell you the truth, I haven't seen a lot of Jet Li movies. Right? <laughs> He's fucking scene by scene trying to explain everything that happened. What's the most interesting thing in the world to him at the time? Lee comes into the room, and you fucking know it's over, man. I mean, he's just got this fucking look on his face. Want another one? Yeah, let's chop this. Look, I'm going to chop it while we sit here. I'm just going to cut it and leave it so it's always ready. Well, when we break here and we come back, Fez is going to talk about minor aches and pains that he has. It's the Run of Fez show. Series 197, XM202, the virus. People think we're fuck-ups. Everybody thinks we're fuck-ups, except the right people. The right people see everything. I got drunk the night before. I'm hungover as hell. I'm wearing my overalls. These guys are all in suits. I look like a mess. I'm smoking. Can I have a cigarette? Show. Uh, the latest story is on Bernie Madoff. Uh, apparently, he's a hero in prison, hanging out with mafia guys and drug dealers. Everyone gets a big kick out of him. And apparently, no remorse. New piece in New York Magazine, Bernie Madoff says uh, he's best buddies with a mob boss and a spy. And he told a fellow inmate... Fuck my victims. I carried them for 20 years, and now I'm doing 150 years. You have to be so pissed off if you're one of the people that Madoff lost your fortune. Because with the 150-year prison sentence, well, any prison sentence, you're thinking of Bernie Madoff being beaten up in prison. You're seeing him. You're hoping he is going to just get broken and die in prison right away. And it seems like he's having the time of his life again. Why wouldn't he? In terms of criminals, he would be considered one of the smarter ones. He could probably sit around and teach those guys how to hustle. And you know he's got some money put away. Oh, yeah, the, <laughs> the wife still has some money. No, I'm not talking about that shit. I'm not talking about money that you could find. This is a fucking criminal mastermind. And there's something, there's billions of dollars disappeared. You don't think a criminal mastermind knows where to fucking hide money? Where the fucking feds aren't going to find it? Get the fuck out of here. He's got billions. He's making things work. He's probably got protectors in there and their fucking wives are getting cash. And I, I, I totally get what he's saying. What makes people think that they can fucking pal around with this guy? They're getting fucking 50% returns on their investment when no one else is and think that it's all legal. I mean, you really have to look at this entire thing. There were so many greed dogs involved in that. And I'm sure not everybody was that invested with him, but a lot of them. He said he tried to talk people out of investing with them and they would fucking beg. They would fucking get down on their knees and beg. So he and he also seems to have this. I don't know whether it's like a party gene or something where he's living the high life no matter where he's at. Yeah, he's got a good attitude. Uh, uh, look, he knew when he put together the Ponzi scheme, right, that it would crash down one day. 
Mm-hmm. And that fucker could go to sleep every night, not knowing if tomorrow everything was going to disappear. He was able to pull that off for decades. That's fucking ice water. That's fucking ice water in his fucking veins. Um, here's uh, Andy, Ohio, you're on Yeah, um, you know, the, we need to change the way the federal government handles these assholes because my family got into a bad investment and it led to an FBI investigation and all that. And the feds give these assholes way too much time to, especially in the digital age, to, they give them like months of, of a heads up notice to move all their funds. Dude, to, I'm telling you now, since he always knew, knew this was coming down one day, you know, a Ponzi scheme is going to collapse on itself. He only had two ways out. Uh, one, he'd be caught. Two, he would have a heart attack and they would find out after he was dead. But he knew his only good and easy way out was death. So he had to have been hiding money for fucking years. And let's face it, he was fucking smarter than the people chasing him. And he still is. Uh, Sean, Georgia, you're on Manifest. Hey, Ronnie. Yeah. Hey, when the people that were giving him the money to invest were told, this is a no-questions-asked investment. You give me the money, I give you the returns. That's all you need to know. So, yes, they, were, they knew something was sketchy up to begin with. Yeah, there's just no way that you're thinking, I'm getting returns like no one else and it's going on for years, and I'm not allowed to ask any questions, I'm not allowed to see my portfolio, and you think that you are fucking doing something on the up and up. You know, the victim thing only got used after the fact. It's all just fucking uh, greed stuff. All right, 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. Go on over to 202 Friends uh, and click on and vote for our good friend Franklin. He's trying to do something for kids. Uh, through Pepsi-Cola. Uh, you'll be able to read about it once you click on. But let's do something for uh, one of the 202 guys and see if we can't help him move up his votes a little bit. 202 f uh, friends and click right on to help Franklin. Um, by the way, we were talking about the MTV stuff. The Parents Television Council, and this is some kind of a non-profit advocacy group, is up in arms over the MTV Movies Awards. Uh, they said, we're angry uh, about it. Apparently, Fez, there were so many fucks, they couldn't even keep up with it. They're just like bleeping, 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 bleeping. But uh, a bunch slipped through if you were watching it live. Um, and they said, uh, this is just not an entertainment show gone blue, but a verbal assault on families. Tim Winter said this, Parents Television Council. It's a verbal assault on your family for watching MTV. Um, I don't understand this because the MTV Movie Awards, the Music Awards, they're like this every single year. Well, you have to remember the parents are going, my kids weren't old enough to watch it last year. I don't know anything about it. But it does look 100%, maybe two years older than the Kids' Choice Awards. But it plays out exactly the same way. So it's like letting your kid go constantly run through a fire. If you know a kid is going to get burned in a fire, why let him run through it once a year with the MTV Movie Awards? Again, you're only 13 once. So 
there's always going to be some kids 13 years old. But I don't get uh, why it would be like running through a fire. Well, they're saying that this is so harmful to the kids. Would you let your kid go if there was a, a camp broken glass? But would I don't you keep uh, sending your kid there over and over again. So you're saying it's the parents' responsibility? Yeah. Well, how is that different than the beer? Where's the consistency in that? Yeah. Either one, we have to constantly worry about the kids, or two, and Mr. Pete Townsend uh, put it uh, well, the kids are all right. Stop fucking worrying all the time. You and your friends, uh, your kids and their friends say fuck to each other constantly. Um, this is kind of uh, interesting, too, that I guess on the Oprah deal, uh, they wanted to move the view over into Oprah's uh, time slot and then let them syndicate across the Oprah's channels. ABC put a stop to it. Yeah, I think it's going to be Rosie O'Donnell when she comes back. I think when she decide when she comes back for her daily talk show, she's got enough clout where she's going to pick that spot. And I think they already know it, or else they would have they wouldn't have come out and told everyone that the View is well, the, already. ABC did not want to give up the View. ABC said we've already got a a franchise here uh, with the View. I think another uh, choice might be that Nancy Grace from Headline News. She's getting a daytime talk show. And that's... Which one is she? She's the real southern one who apparently told someone she was a bad mother and they committed suicide. Oh, she's awful. She's a lawyer. Yeah. She does death porn. No one can fucking sit and watch that on a daily basis. That's a niche show. Yeah, all it is is somebody's either missing... Or someone was fucking raped or whatever. Yeah, I, I you know, she, you got to be able to bring up people a little bit uh, when you're in that format. The women want to feel good after a while. I don't know why every single day you want to hear about another kid missing. See, I figured she would work because it was like real life soap operas. And the women would enjoy the... Uh, it would basically become one of their stories. Maybe you're right. Maybe she's going to hit it out of the park. There's a new scandal in uh, the cycling world where they're uh, accusing the Swiss bicyclist of cheating in two races by putting a motor on his bike. Now, this is cheating just to the point of ridiculousness. Steroids, I can actually see... But if there's like an exhaust pipe and the guy's going by like he's Pee Wee Herman, the cheating is really out of control in cycling. I hadn't heard this story. It is kind of dick dastardly. Yeah, the, a hidden motor. And I guess, so what, you're just pedaling without sweating? There's nothing else going on? I guess there's certain times where you're alone. Oh, okay. But it's like all I could picture was the guy putting his feet up on the handlebars and just coasting for a while while everyone else is just pumping away. So how'd they catch him? They said there was videotape where they think, I haven't seen this, but they said there was videotape where they think they caught a glimpse of this tiny motor. I'd like to get a look at it. But it, it's just, it's to the point of you might as well tie a rocket or... Uh, or fireworks to your th uh, to your bike to take off. It may be the dirtiest sport now. 
because it seems like anyone who wins a race... I still think it's gladiators. I think gladiators is by far the dirtiest sport. Except for when they're fighting an alliance. And then I, then I go, do anything you need to do, boys. Plus, if I was the emperor, I'd never put my thumb up for anybody. Fuck you, you're the one who got knocked down, I didn't. Really? You wouldn't fucking spare anybody? Not even Spartacus. Wow. He'll just come back to haunt you. Then he has a fucking slave revolt. And then what am I supposed to be doing? I want to see the best. They said that Seinfeld... Who's they? Uh, this is Time Warner. All right, I believe him. Time Warner, who owns the Seinfeld reruns, said that the show has made $2.7 billion since it went off the air in 1998. So I was wondering, is this thing in for the long haul where it will be around 50, 60 years later, like an I Love Lucy episode or a Dick Van Dyke ep episode? Do those things still run? Yeah, the I Love Lucy's uh, still run. Where at? Um, they come and go on TV land, right, but so they're that, like in a regular rotation. That TV land is like a fucking graveyard. A TV land should say, come watch dead people try to make fun. It blows. Well, you got TV land, you got everybody that you're watching is dead, and then everybody on the laugh track is dead. Oh, I can't sit around listening to dead people laughing their fucking asses off. It's like a scary movie. Think these people are dead? Oh, you're freaking me out. All right, play that again. That's... All right. I just heard a tiny motor. That fucking Swedish guy must have drove through that. He's a villain. He is. They They said when Charlie Sheen goes to Who's jail. Who's they? Time Warner again? No, this is uh, the police authorities in Aspen, Colorado. That Charlie Sheen, when he ha when he's a sentence, uh, um. He'll be spending the night in the Aspen jail, which is apparently very nice, but he'll also be doing community theater during the day. Not true. They already nixed it. They nixed that yesterday afternoon. Uh, everybody signed off on it, and then some woman goes, no, I don't like this deal. It was somebody like, even was underneath her bosses and her boss's boss. So this doesn't fucking seem right. Wait a minute. I know. I don't know where it fucking gets off. She's like the Rob Cross of Aspen. No matter what they say up top, I'm running this show. Yeah, you got to go back and check the TMZ on that, Fezzy. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was expecting to see a community uh, theater, uh, a community prison uh, performance of Our Town. Why is that? With Charlie Sheen, the, pr uh, the prisoner in it. Oh, I didn't know that joke. So there was a prisoner in Our Town? No, no, no. It was just... Like the prison is taking over the community theater. Um, let's go over here to uh, Lance. Uh, Lance, you're on the Run Fast show. Hey, Ron. How are you doing? I got a perfect replacement for Dave. Yeah. Donnie Dumpy. Dumpy would be good, but I don't know if we can get him a green card. Yeah. Hey, one more thing, if you don't mind. Um... I got a new band for you to check out. They're called Mindwalk Boulevard. They're out of Boston. What is it about them? Uh, they're three kids. Um, the drummer's like 
15. He's been playing since he was two. They're phenomenal. They're well, really talented kids. Why don't we call them a team great? Uh, we'll actually call them a team Bachman Turner Overdrive. There you go. All right. Peace. Bye. Yeah, they're a progressive rock uh, trio. So there you go. John, you're on running Fez. Hey there, Ronnie B. Um, I want to ask Fez if he's mad at Mafia Life Chris or something. I mean, he's doing these, uh, you know, uh, mafia advertisements, and, you know, what happened to the love for Chris? I noticed that myself. And if you notice, I always go like this. No, I go to Chris doing that. Why have you turned on your good friend, Mafia Life Chris? Well, what's happened is I've, uh, I'm in, it's more like I'm in conjunction with 7 Eleven and what they're promoting. Mm-hmm. So, but that's Chris's biggest uh, people that he's against. Yeah, if Chris wants to get in with another convenience store and get. I, I would say Circle K. And get spots on the air. That's fine. He's got every he's got every right to. Hmm. I see. Or what he could do is did you see it, Fez? No, I haven't seen it yet. Uh, what he could do is just put a little motor on his bike. Well, that would be cheating. You know what? Maybe in honor of that Swedish guy, we could uh, end with "I know you, Ryder" by the Grateful Dead, and you know, keep this Bill Walton thing going on forever. And why wouldn't we? We are his best friends. I'm not trying to figure out whether he's my best friend or David Mamet. I've already figured it out. Who? Which one is it? David Mamet. Not so much Grateful Dead all the time. And I don't have to hear about his back. That didn't take long. What's that? To figure out. Yeah, that's the thing about me. No ums and ers. Go right for it. I, I did find that thing on TMZ. Oh, you liking it? Yeah, where it says he's not eligible for work release. What time did, the, did that happen? Um, it says here 10.10 10 p.m. Pacific time. Hmm. So it's all right there for you, big girl. All right, we're getting ready to wrap this one up. It is, uh, oh, if you get the opportunity, go over to 202 Friends and help Franklin out. I don't know exactly what he's trying to do. I think he's trying to make some kind of movies with kids or get under. Uh, Wait, what? <laughs> I don't know what it is. Maybe he's making a Zoom episode. No one told me I was away. As you know, I've been Twitter dark for over a week. Uh, Fez, you knew about it. Yeah, I knew about it, and then I forgot to print out the email. You did? Yep. Well, you've been busy with everything else. You got the new cigar stuff and all that. It's been hectic. It's been hectic for him. But many thanks to uh, Bill Walton for uh, stopping in here today. And I just wish he would have called me when his back hurt. I wish you would have been able to point that out. You ever had any kind of chronic pain in your life, Fez? Uh, no, not like anything near like Bill Walton where it's lasted. I've had uh, chronic depression for the last five years. And by that I mean you. I've had your depression. And I'm telling you, I understand what Bill Walton's going through now. Is that the same guy that was on Walton's Mountain? No, that's a different Walton. Then you ought to fucking point that out as soon as he comes into our room. Don't anyone confuse me with John Boy Ron. 
He actually uh, sounds a lot like Jesse Ventura when he talks. Crazy conspiracy nut, too. Sure he is. I felt so bad when a 90-year-old man died. I wish I was fucking... I wish I could call John Wooden at any time in my life. I would have been happy. Every single day calling that man. I would have. Sound like the phone was ringing off the hook. What do I do, Coach? Get uh, rebounds? Dish? You want me to dish as quick as I can? I've got an idea for a play called the Mickey Hart. Oh, this is embarrassing. I look over and I had done something, uh, talked about Kathleen. So they put it on Ronnie B quotes. She retweets her just because it's her name was mentioned. It's like I feel the same way when I see the comics. Like Jay Moore will be somebody to write to him, Jay, you're my favorite comic. He retweets it. You slayed last night. Get the word out. Retweet. I should try to fucking hook uh, Jay Moore up with David Mamet since he likes comics so much. And we know that Jay spends zero time trying to get into character. He just jumps, does it immediately. I was watching a bunch of Ricky Jay stuff last night. Ricky Jay is amazing, right? So awesome. You see the thing where he could throw cards through fucking watermelons? Yeah, that was fucking crazy. And they're real cards. The guy's the real deal. If he had a fight with you, he could beat you up using a deck of cards. He could cut you to shreds. Just throw them out of your eyes. You'll you'll be fucked. Did you ever see the thing where he says the reasons why he won't play poker? And he was just sitting there dealing. Could deal himself a royal flush anytime he want. Then he dealt another royal flush. Same deck. Didn't reshuffle. It's fucking insane. They allow him into a casino? It's the weirdest thing about me. I'm not the biggest fan of, like, magic, and yet I love uh, close-up magic. It's really fucking cool. A good card trick or just a sleight of hand trick. I love that stuff. But when they have a giant box and a woman's hanging, I'm like, I can't watch this. I feel like I'm in a fucking kiss show. I, w- I wish she would hang out in, like, in a, a water tank for a few days. That would complete his act. <laughs> See, I will go to a... I like an escape. I like an escape guy. He hasn't done anything for a while, right? It's been years. Yeah, I was trying to remember what the last thing it was he did. Well, he did the thing that he was in the water, uh, in the thing of water, but he was supposed to dive off the Brooklyn Bridge. Was the last thing he did was when Dave went to harass him with the contest winners when he was he... hanging above... Oh, yeah, that was had Ryan to be Park? like... Yeah, that had to be two years. No, it was uh, up in Central Park. All right. He was hanging upside down, and Dave was just yelling, you're the best, I love you. All right, we got to get ready to end this one out. Uh, go over to 202 Friends, click it, vote for Franklin. I guess you can vote every day. Let's try to help him if we can. Um, apparently, he's got some stiff competition if I'm looking at this. They're coming at him. They're coming at him hard. And, uh, well, here's we'll end the show for Bill Walton, uh, who's my second best friend right now. Uh, and I'm, I think a special dedication to his friend, John Wooden. And also that Swedish guy who put a motor on a bike. I know you're rider. See you guys tomorrow.
Fair show.